show. The number for you to do that is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're uh, doing a little something different here tonight. Actually have a video feed up for our remote host. Reed Coverdale is with me. It's Ian. Hey, Reed. Hey, Ian. How you doing? Good. Good to have you here. So, uh, you know, even though our video stream isn't the focus of the show, we do have the technical ability to do this kind of stuff so might as well add it for the two dozen people or whatever it is that are uh, that are actually going to be watching this so thanks to everybody that does tune in on our video streams which we are on odyssey over at video.freetalklive.com uh reed it's been a little bit since you've been on you've been uh, pretty busy at work you happen to be at like i guess it's been kind of snow days essentially you you work um with trucks, you go around and you put lines back up, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, we've had a pretty stormy January. I, I worked straight through Christmas, um, and then I came back on the show sometime late December. I don't think I've been back since then. <laughs> I've just been working uh, like every day. So, been out, I mean, usually out for like several days at a time. And I don't know. Get, uh, it's amazing how important electricity is to people. I remember like 10 years ago when I first started working in it, this woman came out and asked me when the power was going to be back on. And I said, oh, should be within a few hours. And she said, okay, good. Because if the power's out, I can't charge my cell phone. I can't have my alarm go off to wake me up to go to work on time. Mm, I remember just thinking then like, wow, it's so amazing how much people rely on electricity now to do stuff that (laughs) you definitely didn't need, you know, uh, to charge your cell phone, you know, like even 10 years before that nearly as often as you do. Like everyone, I mean, society just falls apart completely without power now. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess back in the day, the cell phones would last for a couple of days, right? Because you didn't have the big screens on them that sucked down all the, the power. Or um, you'd have like a some sort of an alarm clock that was, you know, physical like a, a regular. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, we still need electricity for that. Although I guess they did have battery backups. So or yeah, or just like the ones you you know the regular battery powered ones or whatever. I don't know. There's, but it was it was just I don't know why I thought of that. It was just one example of like, wow, you can't even go to work on time if you don't have electricity now. Like that's what right. we've been reduced to, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, certainly we're we're dependent on things like that, and that's obviously something that's not going to change anytime soon. But glad you're out there doing that work and glad to have you here as well. I know you wanted to talk about China tonight. We'll get into that coming up. But first, uh, a story that's a little closer to home here that I spotted on social media today. This is coming from the the Eagle Times, which I believe is like a north country or maybe it's the Upper Valley in New Hampshire, somewhere up there. Uh, It's a New Hampshire newspaper and they're talking about this donut shop that is under fire from the town zoning board. Have you heard about this story yet? I yeah, I, someone made a joke about it, and I—that's how I heard about it. But yeah, no, I don't know anything about it though. Levitt's Country Bakery's owner announced—I uh, guess it was is this week. Yeah, announced this week that he's bringing a federal lawsuit against the town of Conway, alleging that the town is violating the business's First Amendment right to keep a mural depicting various pastries above its building. The suit was filed Tuesday in U.S. District Court in Concord by local attorney John Krabs and a few other attorneys from the Institute for Justice, including Robert Frommer and Elizabeth Sands. Levitt's owner, Sean Young, 
Frommer and Sands held a news conference in front of the Conway Bakery around 11 a.m. on Tuesday, and the announcement was covered by a bunch of media outlets from the region. Last June, after a, about a week after the mural went up, Conway Assistant Code Enforcement Officer Jeremy Gibbs determined it was an illegally large sign that violated town zoning ordinances. Now, let me just describe this for you here, uh, for, for our listeners that are uh, not familiar with this story. It is not wordy. There's no actual words on the sign. It's not saying, uh, you know, Levitt's Country Bakery on there. It's just got pictures of, like, looks like a, maybe a blueberry muffin, a couple of donuts, and, like, a sunrise. So the donuts and the muffins and such are kind of um, laid out as though they're like a mountain range, and you get the sun that's kind of rising up uh, behind it. And, you know, again, generally when you look at the terminology of sign, it usually has some sort of beckoning, right? Like, oh, you can park here or such and such a business name or call to order, you know, things like that. Some sort of call to action, some sort of reason uh, to do a thing to alert you of what this is. And uh, they're calling this a sign. And apparently it was actually created by the local high school. So, like, this was like a total small-towny kind of New Hampshire thing. But I guess the town has no uh, sense of, you know, caring about that. They said based on the size of Levitt's building, the sign should be about 22 feet square, but the mural is 91 square feet. Speaking Tuesday in front of the mural, Sands said the town has said this is a sign, not a mural, And that matters because in Conway, signs are regulated, but murals are not. She says the town says it's a sign because it depicts products the bakery sells. If the bakery had a mural depicting mountains, then the art would be allowed. The art could also have been legal if placed at the farm stand next door, as it doesn't sell baked goods. (laughs) So So your mural, you can have a mural, but it can't be about what you do can have anything to do with uh, your products. Now, I don't know if that's actually in the sign code, but if it is, hopefully they're going to uh, you know, be successful at, at overturning this. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been some other cases, and I don't have them you know, in front of me right now, but essentially there's... I remember when uh, I think Daryl Perry was on the show, he did some research into this, and he found that a lot of these sign regulations in these small towns and you know, even in, in cities in many cases, are quite unconstitutional, right? Because, I mean, if if there is a freedom of speech and you have a, you know, you own your property, then how can these people, these bureaucrats, tell you that you can't write something on your property for other people to see? I mean, so just kind of on its, on its face, the idea of a sign ordinance just seems blatantly anti-freedom of speech. So I'm glad to see that these guys are are going against this. And this isn't, again, uh, in federal court. Mm-hmm. Quote, the logic is silly, but it has serious consequences for the town is now threatening enforcement against the mural, adding the business owner, Mr. Young, faces fines of $275 every day and possibly even criminal charges. All of this wow. over artwork. <laughs> Quote, that is unconstitutional. This mural is art that is protected by the First Amendment, and that is true whether it features real mountains or donut mountains. 
The lawsuit asks for a judgment that the town's discrimination against murals is unconstitutional, a preliminary judgment in uh, preventing the town from enforcing its zoning code against Levitt's, a permanent injunction asking for the same, a dollar in damages for, quote, violations of the plaintiff's constitutional rights, attorney's fees, and any other relief deemed just and proper. Suit says the town has no substantial, important, or compelling government interest in regulating the sign as it is not a safety hazard. Now, this is probably not going to overturn the entirety of the sign code, but it sure would be nice if somebody could pull that off. Young said last spring he learned the Kennett High art students were seeking a venue for a class project, and he thought he could give them the perfect place. Quote, we do a lot for the community in the town, so we thought we would love to get involved with the local high school. He said adding the sign was well-received and made the local news. Then about a week later, he said a code enforcement officer came in and said that it's not art, that it was a sign and it needed to come down. Young said he got angry when he learned the town acknowledged in 2006 that the sign ordinance was, quote, unconstitutionally vague, unquote. He said, I'm here for, uh, to stand up for the local students, for artists everywhere. I don't think the government should be allowed to tell them what to do with their art. We're not going to be bullied by the town officials who are trying to impose an ordinance on us, and I think the First Amendment is the cornerstone of democracy. Young said he uh, bought Levitt's only a year and a half ago, and the bakery isn't even profitable yet. So how in the world, I mean, $275 a day, that's enough to ruin just about anyone's business. You know, and I don't think you should pay a, I don't think you should pay a dime to these people. But, you know, if they, if they actually are able to levy that, that fine against him, it would completely ruin him because they would essentially just be able to take his business right out from under him. And then they'll come in there with, you know, some uh, bureaucrats and either paint the sign over or just uh, destroy it entirely. Frommer said the judge is likely to grant their requests within days. Asked about a warrant article petitioned by Settlers Green to rewrite the sign ordinance. He said, to be honest, this issue is larger than the article put forward by Settlers. It still leaves the board with deciding what the primary purpose of the sign is. He says a lawsuit... Uh, gave Levitz until February 3rd to take the mural down, and then they will start fining the business. So this begins, uh, the fines begin tomorrow, apparently. And Frommer said the lawsuit asks a federal judge to bar the town from trying to take action against Levitz while the case proceeds. Uh, we do, by the way, have Joa joining us here from Breaking the Flaw. Welcome, Joa. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good. We're talking about the uh, the donut shop in New Hampshire, in Conway, New Hampshire. Yes. You've heard about this story. Yes, I did hear about that. It's uh, horrendous what the town's doing to them. Yeah, and they are in federal court here. And, of course, I, I hope that we'll get updates on this. I mean, it's not – Conway's a little ways away, so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to hear all, all the news on this. But I, maybe I should follow the case on Pacer just to make sure we you know, get the latest on what's going on here. But this is a big free speech issue. And, I mean, for anybody that cares about freedom of speech, they should be paying attention to this, especially uh, the freedom to do business without having to sure. ask some government permission. This is a big problem here in, in Keene. I suspect it's a problem all across the state. I mean, Conway is just a small town. It is. And it's, it's one of those vacation towns, it seems like, that the they want everything to be very precise. Mm -hmm. And too bad. You know, people have the right to do whatever they want to their property. They should. How, how dare these trashy people... Uh, try to control another person, another a business. And, like, you know, government doesn't run like a business. It runs like an authoritative thug. 
and you know they have to acquire their money through force. Whereas these people are trying to promote their business and bring revenue to the town. Yeah, how dare they? Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> I mean, how, how does the town expect businesses to pay the ex- insane property taxes that these towns are foisting upon them if they're not allowed to actually promote what they're doing? You think these pigs like donuts, but they don't. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they like donuts, Joe, but there's a donut shop they prefer. Maybe, ah. maybe there's another donut provider that is you know closer to downtown or whatever, right? Like, I've never been to Conway, so I don't know where this place is but maybe there's like an older because he said he just bought this business a year and a half ago yeah so maybe they got some you know how these small town politics can go i mean you rub sure. somebody the wrong way you cross the you cross the good old boys network and they, they'll have it out for you yeah don't mess with my donuts right <laughs> like <laughs> right yeah there's probably some somebody that's like you know a friend of the town councilman who runs a donut shop oh, and he like gives them free donuts or whatever and so they're they're probably working against his buddy Right. working against this guy yeah they better hope there's not like a bulldozer helping conway that this guy finally decides to outfit with some <laughs> concrete panels or something you know he might have enough eventually well there was a dude in new hampshire that did that remember uh, carl draga back in the day he didn't do the bulldozer thing but he did uh-huh. i think he went like and shot some bureaucrats didn't he Oh wow. wow! You guys haven't heard of that? That's I have not heard about yeah, that. that. That's like pre-free state time. So like I wasn't living here at the time, but that was that was one of those uh, those old New Hampshire stories of a uh, dude got pushed too far by. Oh, is this the guy with the riverbank or yeah. there's something going? Yeah, 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 I have heard this story. Yep. Yeah, it was. I yeah, it was something about a, a river, and I don't remember all the details, but you know the town was just encroaching upon his freedoms, and he was just like, okay. Uh, that's it. You've pushed me far too far, and he just went and just shot some bureaucrats. Or that's whatever. it. That's, that's not the straw. solution. Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not saying I support what Draga did. I right. don't think violence is the solution here. I think you're lowering yourself to their level right. when you do that. But Absolutely. it is predictable. Yeah, it's predictable. It when should you be push expected, somebody. and uh, because like you know, you're completely destroying lives. And what do these people have to lose? Nothing. So this is why they go out and do that. Um, you know, I, I wish people would think twice before they do it. Right. When you destroy somebody to the point where they have no property anymore, you've ruined their business. The guy bought this business, you know, he says he's not even profitable yet. So he's literally probably poured a good chunk of his life savings into this. And then you're going to tell him he can't even have a sign, not even a sign, a mural. Yeah. He can't have beautiful artwork or else $275 a day. It's the price we pay to live in a civilized society. <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a slap in the face, not only against these you know these kids at the high school that came in there and did this mural, which you know it's it's a nice looking mural. Uh, not only is it a slap in the face to them and a slap in the face to the business owner, but also the whole idea of live free or die. I mean, the the idea of a sign sign ordinance is ridiculous, and all of them need to be overturned, not just Conway's, but the whole concept of a sign ordinance just needs to go away. And, and we've got a huge problem with it here in Keene. Like Keene is uh, sort of the left coast, if you will, of New Hampshire. It is a lefty city. Yeah. It's a big government city. It's got some of the highest property taxes of all of the towns in New Hampshire. And they hate business here. They hate. One of the things I noticed when I first moved here, um, you know, 15, 16 years ago, was like, you can't see business signs. Like they, it's almost like they require them to plant fully grown trees in front of the signage just so people can't see where they're at right yeah oh i just looked up a picture that i've been here 
Um, to the donut can, shop? Yeah, I believe this is the one that you can fit big trucks into. Because when I've been up to Conway before, I remember stopping. Because the it was when I it was years ago, but when I was working in Raymond at a different time, I was bringing a piece of equipment up to Conway. And the guys at the shop told me you have to stop at Levitt's Bakery and get us some of the donuts because they're the best donuts in the state. <laughs> so stopped and got them. But yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I just pulled up a picture of the sign. I or sorry, the the mural. Well, no, it's a sign. Apparently, was um, the mural, mural there but... when you uh, visited? I recall? don't remember. It looks fresh so. and new from the photo mm-hmm. that I saw. I'm it assuming it's a nice, recent yeah. picture. Uh, the final bit here from the Eagle Times. NPR asked if Levitt should have asked the town for permission to put up the sign. Frommer said the town had many opportunities to relent, but Levitt never should have had to get permission in the first place. Quote, the whole point of the First Amendment is that we don't have to ask government officials for permission before we get to speak. We get to be the ones to decide what to say or what to paint, he said. Yeah, if you ask someone for permission to they exercise, no. and they will say no. Yeah. I mean, that's what government does best, is tells you no. Uh, but the whenever you ask for permission... What you're doing is you're converting your right into a privilege. There's a key difference between rights and privileges, right? So a right is something you can just exercise because of the fact that you are a human being and you have this these rights. A privilege is something that you might be allowed to do if your master says you can do it, right? So that's why you never ask to have a protest you never ask to go out in public and express yourself or, in this guy's case, to, to have a mural painted right. on your building. Well, I did some civil disobedience uh, a few ni- a few weeks ago, um, and I asked for permission, and they just blatantly said no. I still Who did, did you it. Ask? Wait, wait, tell me a little bit more. Who did you ask and where? Well, this? first I called City Hall. They in referred Manchester? me yes in Manchester. They referred me to the uh, parking division. They referred me to the DPW. They referred me to the police. Pass the buck. That's pretty common. And with it's government. now they're all educated what I'm going to do because I told each one of them what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And basically, okay, so you weren't asking for permission. You were putting them on notice. Well, both sort of because right. I said I was basically going to do it anyways. Then I'm just asking them, them like, hey, is it? I basically I said this. Hey, is it okay if I park even though it's a parking ban? However, just to let you know, I completely cleared the sidewalk and the road, so the plow can't do anything. Can I still park there? And eventually, you know, being forward to the police, they said no. And I was like, oh, so it's more so letter the letter of the law and not the principle of the law. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, you can't you can't park there. And I was like, well, here's the second part of the deal. What if I shovel the fire station across the street? And they're like, no, no, we can't do that either. And the next thing you know, 10 minutes later after I had that call, there's a plow plowing the fire station. Hmm. But I still parked on the street, so, so I didn't l- get a ticket. Let me just towed. see if I, I can follow what's going on here. So in Manchester, there's a prohibition on parking on certain sides of the street, right? Like during... Not the street that I was parking on, but mm-hmm. it, parking ban, no one can park on the street. So you... So, oh, no one can park on any side of the street? Correct. In that case? Okay. I thought it was just like on and off again. Nights. That was happening, mm-hmm. um, but not specifically the street that I was parking on. It doesn't look, occur. And so you basically were going to violate that parking ban. And I did. And they didn't do anything about no. it? No. And did you... Is it true you sat in your car all night waiting for them? Not all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually drove around a little bit and I saw tow truck drivers and... Uh, well, the tow truck drivers were violating the law, the Jessica's law. What's so, that? Jessica's law in New Hampshire says that you have to clean off your vehicle so you know, you know the snow doesn't fly into uh, another car, ice or snow. 
and the tow trucks were grabbing all these, you know, uh, illegally, so-called illegal parked cars. And you know what they didn't do? Clear off the snow on those cars. <laughs> so they're all violating the Jessica's law while they're mm-hmm. raking in the monies. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the government. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you want to comment here, you're welcome to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. Maybe you've had to deal with these sign ordinance uh, Nazis in these little towns. Uh, the I've never actually taken the time to read through it, but yeah. I've certainly known people, our friends over at the Mighty Moose Mart here in town. They've got a you know a nice location. It's right on the side of one of the, the main state roads that comes into Keene. But yet they are highly restricted on the kind of signage that they can put just not just outside of their business, but even in their windows as well. And it's just absolutely insane. So all they're allowed to have is like this little clapboard that they Mm -hmm. can set out by the road. And I guess the only reason for that is because it's portable. So like they put it out at the beginning of the day. They take it in at the end of the day. So besides that, there's not actually any quote unquote signage outside of the business with the exception of like the logo that's that's it, in the windows, it's I used ridiculous. to I used to make signs professionally for like twelve years, right? And graphic design and mm-hmm. manufacturing them. I uh, sometimes when I was on the road, my boss would call me, "Hey, can you just go pick up this permit? It's it's ready." It wasn't ready, and mm-hmm. it's like it, it would take. I, I'd be sitting in there for two hours waiting for this permit to finally wow. be fulfilled. They said it was ready. They were just doing it right there on the spot, like they usually do. And, um, yeah, it was just really egregious. And all the hoops that our customers had to go through and we provided the service to pick up the permits and do it like, you know, get it all initiated for them. It just they've they waste so much money, so much of like our customers money. It was unbelievable. It, it was completely unnecessary. They're just, uh, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity they can, you know, uh, to rake in the money and, and yeah. preventing a, a brand new business from going open. Right. Because the permit's not ready yet. Well, we got to approve it. we got to look at it. we got to see where it's going. All this nonsense. This place is so backwards uh, out here in Keene. You can't even have electronic signs here. Right. Like Historical some, society some towns, Some towns, there's a ton of electronic signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but not here. Can't have them. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. We'll get into China and maybe uh, Putin and who knows what else is, uh, is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Pork Fest. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. Talk live, and you can join the show here. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. Take control of the airwaves. 
That's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio, it's Ian. Joa joining us remotely. Reed Coverdale. Reed is with us. Uh, Reed's the host of Naturalist Capitalist. That is his podcast, which you can find over on Odyssey and maybe YouTube still. He's over at YouTube. Still YouTube for now. Uh, and also, Joa has his thing that he does called Breaking the Flaw, which yep. isn't a podcast. It's more of a First Amendment auditor kind of thing. And you can find also Joa over at Odyssey and YouTube as well under Breaking the Flaw. Yes, sir. Thank you. Indeed. Uh, so phones are open here. You guys can join us. I know, Reed, you were uh, interested to some extent in talking about China I know I saw in the news recently there it was like the same old headline as back. Remember, I think it was last year, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Speaker of the House at the time, was told, you shall not go to Taiwan or else. And then she went to Taiwan. And I guess the or huh. else uh, didn't materialize in that particular incident. But mm-hmm. now the same threat is being brought out once again by China with regard to the new guy, uh, the the Republican dude that's in there, whatever the hell his name was, McCarthy. McCarthy. And they're telling him the same thing. You shall not go to Taiwan. And whether he does or not, I guess, still remains to be seen. But that wasn't per se what you wanted to cover tonight, Reed. It's possibly much worse than than that situation. Yeah, well, Mike McCall, who is apparently the new chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House of Representatives, has this made headlines. He said that the odds are very high of U.S. military conflict with China over Taiwan. Mm. And he was saying within the next two years, he has a feeling it's going to be in 2025. And, of course, he hopes not. See, the thing about this is I've been talking about this for almost a year now uh, because I listen to the, the guys at like Antiwar.com, mm-hmm. Scott Horton, Dave DeCamp, those guys. And they've been talking about how tensions with China have been rising for a long time and it's China is kind of the Ukraine or sorry, uh, the Russia for the right wing. So the, the left for the most part is just completely freaked out about uh, Russia. They're just the worst thing ever. And, you know, we have to do everything we can to protect Ukraine from Russia on the right. It's very similar just with China and Taiwan. Um, And a lot of people who are actually fairly non-interventionist on Russia and Ukraine on the right, they kind of throw that out the window when it comes to China and Taiwan. And just like with what's going on in <laughs> Ukraine right now, like no, not very many people on the right will claim that they actually want to go to war with China. Because that's insane. Pushing, yeah, they'll just keep pushing for policies that push us closer and closer to but, war with China. Right, so, the, so, so the policy would ensure that a war would happen. So they're saying on one hand that they don't support war, but yet right. they're putting in policies into place where if X happens, then okay, war's coming. That's yeah. basically what the situation is. Yeah, Sounds so nice. I mean, they've just passed a bill, I forget how, I think it's $10 billion in aid to Taiwan, in military, lethal military aid mm. to Taiwan over the next four years. I think that was in one of the latest stimulus, uh, one of the latest omnibus bills. So, I mean, that's 
very similar to how we led up to this conflict with Russia and Ukraine, you know, arming Ukraine. So, <laughs> I mean, we just don't learn any lessons. Yeah, and of course now in the Ukraine thing, I'm sure you guys have heard that they're now planning to send over Abrams tanks. Uh, the Germany did hear about that. Germany yeah. sending over yes. German tanks as well. And somebody made a meme with Joe Biden, I guess, at the beginning of the the war a year ago in Ukraine. He said something about tanks would be an act of war if they'd sent tanks. Oh, we're not going to send over tanks. And now here you are just about a year later, and they're sending over tanks. In fact, I could talk about what Putin had to say here in a little bit, but a little bit more on the the China situation. So this guy, uh, the head of the whatever committee it was, He's saying he thinks it's going to be in 2025. Like, how can anybody make a prediction like that? What does he know that, you know, that we don't? I don't know a ton about this guy, to be honest. Um, But at least he's being somewhat honest about the situation. Like a lot of a lot of people who are for arming Taiwan or for protecting Taiwan or for, you know, sailing U.S. warships through the Taiwan Strait, etc., they have their head in the clouds like oh no we're not gonna or their head in the sand i mean like we're not gonna you know this isn't this is our right to do this and they're our ally and this isn't going to cause any problems Uh, at least he's being somewhat realistic that this could you know escalate into some sort of uh conflict so i don't know i mean i i mean it (laughs) is escalation into a conflict technically it's escalation yeah i mean the thing is taiwan is what like 200 miles in the widest part off the coast of china so i mean the other side of the pacific ocean this would Mm -hmm. be like if you know imagine if cuba had like chinese uh armaments that they were getting from the chinese government and the chinese were sailing warships between cuba and florida and you know they're uh and if xi jinping or, or some government official were going to cuba to meet with the cuban government i mean to act like the united states wouldn't re, you know retaliate against that it's just ridiculous of course yeah. they would so. and, it, and it also doesn't seem like it would go real well right like you're literally yeah. coming into china's neighborhood basically and that doesn't seem like it's going to be a particularly uh fair fight if you will like you know i mean how quick that could escalate to nuclear weapons it's it's really scary to think about that yeah, and the State Department, you know, they they have named China as our number one enemy, even though it's we're, insane. you know, very close They're to the number one trading our, partner. You know? Yeah, and we're extremely close to this direct conflict with Russia, and China is still our number one enemy, according to the State Department. But even wow. like Rex Tillerson, when he was Secretary of State, he never said that China threatens the United States. He says it. It, it threatens uh, the United States domination of the Pacific, mm. which is very different mm-hmm. than threatening the United States or its interests or, you know, <laughs> like threatening its domination of the Pacific, which is an ocean that borders China. You know, it's just kind of ridiculous. I mean, if people thought it was bad, you know, post COVID when there were all the supply issues, right? Because remember, a lot of Chinese factories shut down due to the various Chinese restrictions over there, and that resulted in tremendous delay. And then, of course, the U.S. had its issues with uh, delivery on our side, meaning that a lot of drivers weren't driving. Uh, There was the backup of the ships at the ports in Los Angeles and I think Long Beach as well, where there was like, I don't know, 100 or 200 cargo ships that were out there just sitting and waiting. If you thought that was bad... mm -hmm. 
wait till there's a war between China and right. the United States. Like, why on earth would commerce continue if bombs are being dropped, if, uh, if you know, firing is going on between those two sides? What was our number one supplier of products from a, you know, a huge range of industries would be completely cut off. And it's not like those factories can just... It's not like they have a secondary factory in India or Pakistan or something, a lot of these companies, that they can just flip on and then just start sending products from there. I mean, you're going to see a serious... Uh, drop in availability of things like you know chips for cars and whatever other products that people rely on from China. That's just going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a, a tremendous. You want you want to talk about prices going up. You're going to see that too because the you know, lower supply, right? It's going to mean higher this could prices. cripple like Amazon in a way too because a lot sure. of product comes from China. Oh yeah. 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 That's to me like I mean beyond the human cost of the actual conflict. Of people dying in bombing raids or whatever, the the economic cost is like it's incalculable. What they're talking about here. So, is there anything yep. else that uh, you know in that story read that you wanted to share about? Um, now I, I would just say like everyone needs to be vigilant about the propaganda that they're going to start pushing about China. I mean, they've already been pushing propaganda, but I saw another story today that there was a Chinese spy balloon over Montana. (laughs) And to me, that's highly coincidental that, you know, right after this guy says this about China, we suddenly spot a Chinese spy balloon over Montana. How, they know? How would they know? Chinese. Yeah. (laughs) Does it have Chinese characters on it? It's, it said right on it made in China. (laughs) Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that means it's a U.S. spy balloon if it's made in China. Well, right. <laughs> but, who's, uh, who's reporting this? Uh, I saw it from a few different big accounts on Twitter, um, and I didn't read too far into the story. But I, I want people to instantly be skeptical whenever you hear yeah. some story like that. Because, I mean, it, it's not by accident that you have these rumors of war coming with China, and then you're going to start getting stories about, you know, awful things the Chinese government is doing and all, you know, just like take it all with a grain of salt because uh, the people feeding you your information are not good people. It's a side fact, but I just heard that China uh, is no longer the most popular, uh, populous country in the world. Uh, They've been surpassed by India now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, so, you know, you bring up this spy balloon thing. I'm curious to see the images of this uh, being in Montana. It's like, how did the Chinese get a spy balloon into Montana? Did they come through Canada to make that happen? I mean, how, how would they no actually idea. do that? I, w- it, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a high quality balloon that could just fly around the earth and, you know, with the solar panel on it and just stays inflated and it just flies around and... Have you seen the images of this, Reed? This purported balloon? Yeah. Um, it, let me pull it up. Um, if you just type in Chinese spy balloon, I bet it'll... Yeah, uh, just because made me curious because I just happened to... Yep, there it is. Does it look like a blimp or does it look like an actual, an actual balloon? Uh, it looks like a balloon, like a, like a, a hot air balloon with huh. like a... I can't tell if that is. I think that is a solar panel under it or something. I can't tell. Oh, if this I is see. A it, yeah, satellite image from the. I would assume this is from the bottom, and that the solar panel keep. I don't know. 
Weird. But yeah, I would just caution everyone to be skeptical about these types of stories. Yeah, the claim here uh, on this is that it's uh, supposedly being tracked by U.S. fighter jets. This mm-hmm. spy balloon, alleged spy balloon from China. Uh, again, how do we know what this is? How do we know where where it came from? Um, but but it, it reminded me of a news video that I saw from Nogales, Arizona. And what uh-huh. brought it to my attention was David Hathaway is the sheriff down there in Nogales. Now, I don't know if you guys know who David Hathaway is. No. He's, a, he's an actual, like, self-described... I could not believe this was the case, but it is, it's absolutely true. He's a self-described, like voluntarist anarchist sheriff like real deal wow he's the sheriff of that particular county it's a border county in arizona and the reason i know who david hathaway is is he used to be an advertiser here on free talk live years ago he wrote a book about immigration uh a very libertarian immigration book right because a lot of libertarians uh, you know they kind of disagree on this subject there's some they're not libertarian there's some nuance to it and he's pro-immigration okay so he actually ran as a democrat in uh this area of arizona and i'm sorry i don't remember the name of the the county but it's i believe where the city of nogales is and he's been down there for some you know time he's a native from down there so you know people know him or whatever and they interviewed him for this story about a border patrol blimp so when you started talking about a, a balloon from china it made me think maybe this is actually you know the u.s government doing this but it's it's a different product so this looks like a blimp the thing that's in nogales whereas the one in montana is like more of a spherical uh balloon but they've got this creepy blimp that is just flying above nogales uh arizona and watching everybody and it just it's the whole story is just about this thing and how it's just creeping on the entire town and it's turning off people from like going downtown and they don't want to go you know they just don't want to be spied upon as they're going about their daily Same business people like freedom apparently, apparently some of them so. okay. some of them do enough people to to make a news story about it so that's what it may you know came to my mind was like maybe this is a government blimp. maybe this is the u.s government's uh mm-hmm. balloon and they're just saying it's from china because like why would we like you said, take everything with a grain of salt. Why would you believe what the government tells you? I mean, it it always surprises me how many libertarians who should know better, and we saw this crystal clear with COVID, just bought the government line, hook, line, and sinker with this whole COVID, you know, hysteria. People believing what yeah. the Fauci was saying, or believing what Trump or or Biden was saying, and it's like. Just because there's some supposed threat out there, all of a sudden, some libertarians completely lost their way, threw aside whatever principles they supposedly had, and just said, tell me what to do, mommy. It was Yeah, really I mean, the, the, the thing is, especially with the foreign policy, they tug on your heartstrings, right? They show you pictures of women who are being beaten in Iran or whatever, yeah. or, you know, uh, they talk about how bad communism is and yeah, all those things no are doubt. bad. The way women are treated in Iran is awful. Communism's terrible, uh, in China, like it, it all sucks, but like going to war makes things so much worse for them and, and for us. And even if the worst things that your government is telling you about your adversaries is true, which most of the time it isn't by the way, mm-hmm. but even if it is, so what like what can you do about it as i mean when it comes to trying to impose your way of life that you think is better on another country that takes a lot of force a lot of bombs a lot of murder the 
correct way to try to encourage people to embrace freedom is through trade. And when it comes mm -hmm. to China, people get so angry when you say that because they really have bought this narrative that we need to really go to war with them economically and crush them. And, you know, I do think we need to be more competitive with them, but that's our own fault. That's for over-regulating our own economy and Absolutely. making it impossible to start anything here. Um, but, you know, being competitive trading partners with them is how you maintain peace. And it is also how you encourage them to be more free. Yeah. Not going to war with them. Com competition allows innovation. And, yeah, we could be so much more advanced in society if they didn't have this sort of, comp like, lack of competition of sorts. It's yeah, there's no better preventing. there's no better way than setting a good example. You know, and right. that's I think that's what um the free staters want to do here in New Hampshire yes. is to is to set this place I mean New Hampshire's already the freest of all the states, according to the Freedom in the Fifty States study and according to some others. But uh According to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Florida <laughs> Florida is not a free place. The whole idea that Florida's is free state is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, but New Hampshire, you know, could be even more free. Like we could, we can, we can. And I believe we will, given you know another five or ten years or whatever, uh, separate ourselves and put like the distance between Florida or Idaho or whatever the second or third most free states are. Just separate that distance out to where there, there's just no way they're ever going to catch up. Where there's just no doubt, it's crystal clear. New Hampshire is the freest place on the planet. And show the rest of the world that freedom works. Well, That's how I mean, you do in, in the legislative sense, yes. Like, I wouldn't say that New Hampshire is the freest place on earth. I'm sure there's better. I didn't say that was true today. Oh, oh. It might be, but it's hard to really know. Yeah. Because, because, like, all the studies that look at economic freedom or personal freedom, they look usually only at countries. Mm -hmm. So New Hampshire isn't broken out from the rest of the pack. I see, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. The, yet uh the fraser institute though to their credit they do the freedom in the north america study where they look at all of north america including canada including mexico and they break it down they actually do break it down by state and they do lump them all into the same study so you can actually see where canadian provinces rank in relation to uh, u.s states and where mexican okay. states rank so that's kind of an interesting thing it'd be nice to see those numbers extrapolated out for the states and comparing them to the rest of the countries of the world. But given that New Hampshire is the freest of the 50 states, there's a good chance that it ranks within the top five, I would say, of the most free countries on the planet. Just right now. I, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? Speaking of freedom in New Hampshire, have you guys seen the new trailer for NBC Boston? I have, yeah. Reed, have you seen this new trailer yet? I haven't. Okay, so for listeners that don't know, for like the last year and a half, I think, maybe at least the last year, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a couple of reporters from, or producers or whatever you want to call them, from uh, from Boston's NBC affiliate that have been coming here to New Hampshire. They've been going to various different events. They went to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. They were at the uh, the day you got arrested, uh, Joe, yes, yeah. where we all they showed were. that footage in the teaser. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Uh, and so they they've been at the uh, they've been a lot of stuff that I've been to. They came out to the the Crypto Six trial on a number of occasions and shot some footage outside and interviews and things like yeah. that. Um, and they've been meeting with people. They've been meeting with you know movers and shakers and doers and doing interviews and and just kind of getting a feel like. Uh, uh, like the most in-depth kind of reporting I've seen here mm -hmm. 
because usually news media will come up for a one-off like oh we you know there's this thing happening this drama this story here they'll do their report they'll go back home and then that's it right but these guys have been coming up and coming up and shooting a ton of apparently they got 400 hours of footage wow yeah i believe it that's a lot of footage yeah and so i mean that's going to they're going to boil that down. It's going to be turned into not a news package because normally what happens with a perspective piece, I would say, like it's going to be a it's going to be uh, like a documentary, I think, yeah, style yeah. Uh, piece. But but sort of like from what they told me, it's going to be um, shorter length. So you're not going to see like a full hour long like the HBO's Anarchist. It's not going to be like that. Uh, they're going to do a series of them, so there may be ten or twenty. I don't know how many mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to crank out, but they might only be ten minutes. I hope they don't edit out Bulldog's elbow. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay? We'll, we'll see. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have an update. I hope you'll have an update for us on that case. Uh, well, I mean, today was going to be the trial, right? But it got kicked back. Correct. But you don't I, have the new date yet, right? I don't, okay. and I also don't have discovery yet. They still well, haven't given me. Now discovery. they can take. Now they can take longer because they're going to push the trial back. Right, but like that. maybe I shouldn't have gotten the continuance because they didn't give me the discovery in time. Oh, did you ask for the continuance? I did, yeah. Uh, okay. I thought they did. No. Um, so anyway, this uh, NBC Boston, they really have put a lot of work into this. The footage, they're working on editing it right now. I don't know when the first episode is going to come out. It's actually, I be- I'm not sure if it's even going to be on their channel. It may be an online-only thing. I don't remember if they were going to actually play it on broadcast television. And it's like... I don't see how they would play it on TV because it's it's a six-part miniseries. No, so no. I think it's going to be much more than six. That's what someone told me. That's all. I, I My understanding is it's going to be like a dozen or more episodes. I wow. could be wrong. I could be wrong that about is that. Like, that's strange for like a, a sort of like a local CBS affiliate. Yeah. It's an unusual, thing, yeah. yeah, it's an unusual thing that they're doing here. And it is going to be something they focus on... Uh, they're going to be putting it on their website, and they they came out with a four minute long trailer here, and I and I want to play the trailer, and we'll you sure. know, we'll comment on it uh, here in a little bit. But we've you know we've got a lot going on here in New Hampshire, and I I was saying online today that this trailer is a perfect example of why or a, a good example of what what success looks like for libertarians, right? Because this is not the first thing. That has happened like this. There's also been there's another documentary that's being produced here right now. There have been other documentaries produced here in the past. We've had a ton of media coverage of the activism that has gone on here and the controversy because of that activism. No libertarian movement anywhere on the planet besides the Free State Project, besides the libertarians migrating to New Hampshire. None of them, no other libertarian party, anybody anywhere else gets this kind of coverage. None of them. And the reason why is because concentration works. Yeah. And that's the reason why all of us moved here. That's, uh, Reed, you're the newest uh, mover. Joey, you came, what, several years ago? Well, did you make back and forth, but 2010. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you've been here more than a decade now. And oh, the, well, if we're counting that, I've been here, the, uh, well, not the longest, but Well, you were born here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you came back after leaving for, uh, for a couple of years. I've left a couple times as well. I left in... 
2014 and came back in 2016 and then in 2020 and came back 2022 so. it's it's always good when we have people come back to new hampshire too and that has happened on occasion we got another um, or one of the earliest movers for the free state project russell canning who was one of my inspirations for moving to Keene because of his amazing civil disobedience he did back in the day he moved here did some awesome civil disobedience and then he and his wife left for like a decade but and that was when I moved here. They're back. I, I was living in their house. <laughs> Were you really? The house that they sold, yeah. Uh, but they're back now. Yeah, they're back now. And, and so it's great to see people coming back. And there's nothing like this movement. And that's what this trailer is going to focus on here. But one of the things that's going to be interesting about this documentary is they actually got the haters to talk to them. They actually, because it's hard to get these people that hate us to speak on camera. But they got it to happen, so I'm really interested to see, you know... Oh, mainstream media? Yeah, I'll speak to you. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that coming up here, and we'll play it for you. And you can share your thoughts on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. You can bring up whatever you want. The number for you to do that is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you in the studio, you've got Ian. And Joa. And Reed Kevin. Welcome, Oops, Reed. Sorry. It's all good, man. <laughs> we can do it that way, too. In the virtual studio. Yes, Reed in his own studio uh, where he does his show which is Naturalist Capitalist. You can find more of that on YouTube and on Odyssey, preferably Odyssey. Uh, hopefully Odyssey is going to be uh, staying with us. We did have Jeremy Kaufman on earlier this week, and we're planning to have him back. He only had like a half an hour he could spend with us, but he did say he'd come back, so we're going to bring him back next week. Um, after the next hearing that they're going to be having with Library, there's still the judge in the case in the Library case He's still trying to decide whether or not uh, Odyssey, uh, Odyssey should be targeted as well by the SEC for what they call so-called disgorgement, which is essentially where they destroy uh, a business and disgorge it of all of its whatever value it's remains. Terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely horrifying uh, what's going on over there. According so. to the judge, they're trying to take blood from a stone. Well, uh, yeah, because basically uh, library has been completely obliterated financially by sure. this entire process. We're talking, of course, about uh, library, which is this media sharing protocol. We've been using it for years here on Free Talk Live to yep. share our videos and such. In fact, we've been uploading audio files to it recently as well. It's been a slow process because we're literally trying to upload the entire yeah. history of, wow. of Free Talk Live. So maybe that'll be done in the next couple of years. Uh, but uh, there's a channel there called FTL Audio for those of you that want to check that out. But uh, they uh, they launched Odyssey and then they they kind of cut the cord on Odyssey and they, they let it go its own separate way as its own separate corporation. But now the SEC is saying... Well, because y'all were related at one time, we think we should be able to destroy Odyssey also. So that's essentially going to be uh, up to the judge. Now, the judge in the case uh, did indicate that he's not likely to make that ruling, not likely to uh, allow Odyssey to also be destroyed. But that said, based on the filings that were uh, put into court by the Odyssey CEO, they're not doing so hot as far as their SEC uh, their can go pound sand. Yeah. And 
They're getting nowhere with this. What are they doing for society in this? Absolutely nothing. nothing. They're, not, they're not there for society, dude. They're there to protect the banking industry and the investment industry. They're there to protect the stockbrokers. Yeah. They're there to protect those big investment houses. That's what their job is. It's the secret society, as in secret, secret. society. <laughs> I tried to make a pun there. I don't know if you got it. So uh, anyway, check these guys out on Odyssey. Uh, Joe's over there is breaking the flaw. Free Talk Live, we got our own channel at video.freetalklive.com, and Reed is uh, naturalist, capitalist. And do what you can to support Odyssey. They've got a monthly subscription that you can do, and that'll knock out the ads, because there are some ads on Odyssey. Yeah. You, know, you got to make some money somehow. Yep. Uh, they didn't what, have ads. A month? They didn't always have ads. No, they didn't. No, but They had to do it because the SEC, and how else are you going to make money? Well, in the beginning of Odyssey, they were kind of part of library they were supported by library library had the library token of course right and it had a lot of them because it had a pre-mine and then what happened was the sec came after library and just just obliterated their finances so they could no longer support odyssey with the library token which is kind of what they were doing in the beginning as i understand right. it there was a loan that was given of like 1.6 million dollars worth of library tokens i think to right. uh to odyssey and that loan's never going to get paid back. You know? Probably not. And I don't think they. I don't think they expected that it was going to get paid back. It was just something they could do because they had the money. Cared too. Yeah, and they know? had the they had the money to do it, and now they have nothing. They've been completely decimated. Not only not only decimated, but completely destroyed. Like people have not been getting paid right. at uh, at libraries. So it's it's just a tragic case. And we are following it here. There, Odyssey is a godsend because a lot, like you can get YouTube channels synced up, mm-hmm. and a yeah. lot of people just don't have the backup, especially like live streams. And Odyssey, it's forever there. Well, they, we hope. Well, <laughs> it's on libraries. That's it's the, forever that's the on the blockchain. And well, that's that's the thing. You got to understand how the system works, Joa. If Odyssey goes away, I understand. So what's happening is for lo- for those that aren't familiar. Odyssey is not the same thing as library. When I know. Odyssey when Odyssey left library and became its own company, one of the reasons why was because they have slightly different missions. Right. Like Odyssey's job is not to provide free access for all media. They have some rules. Yeah. So like you can't yeah. have porn on right. Odyssey for instance. Library, it's a protocol. They can't stop you. If you want to upload porn right. to, to library, there's nothing they can do to stop you. It's yep. completely per, completely permissionless. Uh, Odyssey, on the other hand, is a platform, and they, there's some rules that they have to they have to play by. Um, and so, one of the things they did over at Odyssey was they made um, they they had to hire these centralized servers, basically, because library library is kind of like a torrent. Meaning that library is essentially takes the torrent technology mm-hmm. and it makes it searchable. So that's one thing that torrents never really had prior to libraries. You could never really easily figure out what torrents were out there. Right. You couldn't, you know, there was no like easy search. It has search to be a engine. listing site, that sort of thing. Yeah, there would have to be a listing site. And of course, the feds are always taking them down and that sort of thing. But the, the point is, with the torrent, if there's only one seed of the, of the video you want to get on a torrent and it's a really slow connection. Forget about it. You'll get it. It just might take you yeah. a month or something like yeah. that, right? And so if there's a video that you want to play, people expect quick, right? When you go and you press right. play on a right. video, you don't want to sit there waiting 5, 10, 20, 30 seconds for it to buffer in and then start playing. People are used to click play, it starts, right? And so in order to get that level of service for Odyssey, which is supposed to be a video platform, 
they had to hire centralized servers. So when you click on Breaking the Flaw or you click on Naturalist Capitalist or Free Talk Live, while there may be some people on library who are hosting those files, that's not, it's not coming from them. It's coming from Odyssey's centralized servers. So if Odyssey goes out of business, mm-hmm. then if your, um, if your videos are not hosted by someone, they're, they're not gone. there. Yeah. Right, so just keep that in mind. So that's why well, it's important to keep Odyssey going. If you if you like the service they provide, you should either subscribe directly to Odyssey because they do have a premium membership. I believe it's I don't know three five bucks a month or something like that. Or you can also subscribe directly to the channels that you support. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have enabled that. It took me a couple of months, but I finally did it this week. Oh, I haven't really thought about it. Yeah, finally, um, I uh, you know, turned. It didn't take long. I mean, it was like you know they they shot me a couple of emails like three months ago, and it was just one of those things that I kind of put in the back of my mind, like oh, yeah, I'm dealing I, with this court stuff. And I then, did list my first video that you have to. Uh, Pay with the LBC token. I saw that. I yeah, saw no, that. you didn't see it because you didn't pay. No, you're right. I you didn't. have to buy those LBC <laughs> tokens, which you can't do, Ian. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I can't do that. But um, uh, the thing is, is that uh, the title. Video, I saw the title. And yeah, I, it was amusing. What yeah, you no, I got some, I got some really juicy footage. What was it? You got to talk about it. Well, the only way to find out what the video is. As if the if you pay one million LBC token, <laughs> <laughs> but does isn't the title something like the SEC? You'll never see this. Yeah, or no, no, what it's it, the SEC. Uh, the SEC doesn't want you to see this, right? <laughs> and it's one million LBC token. And you know, if someone pays for it, thank you. I probably you know give it back to them, except if it's the SEC. If the, uh, I'm trying to get the SEC, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. So I, maybe I shouldn't say that. Well, it seemed obvious, right? Like you're you're trying to troll I'm the SEC them, yeah. <laughs> into into buying the video, which I think is great. And that is another thing you can do with Odyssey and libraries. It you is set a it price. is really revealing video, though. I'll tell you that right now. You can set a pr- oh, oh my god, <laughs> that sounds kind of <laughs> sexual. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not getting into details, but yes, yeah. Well, you got to pay the million LBC, which isn't that much money, right? Like one cent, seven thousand. Three, actually, LBC went up this week. Yeah. It went, went up, up like 90% right, yeah, right, after, the, right after the I hearing. It went up like two or 300% or something like that. Wow, really? Uh, so anyway, that all of that aside, uh, we were talking about video, and there's this video that came out from NBC Boston. I'm going to play the audio from this uh, this video track here, and, and I think, Reed, you said you hadn't seen this one yet? I haven't. Okay. So uh, here, well, you won't be able to see it, but you'll be able to hear it. So here it is. <laughs> Heather's masks on it. Woo! See the masks? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so gotta describe what's uh, what's being shown here. So there's uh, footage here from Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Every year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they do uh, the burning of the porcupine. Somebody makes like a wooden uh, porcupine, and they a fairly large thing, and they they bring it out with some level of ceremony. And then they set it on uh, this campfire, the fire that goes like all, pretty much all day and all night at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And so they burn the porcupine, and apparently people are also uh, throwing masks on the fire, or maybe there were masks on the porcupine. I'm not sure. It's just a brief brief clip. But that's what they're referring to. And there's, you know, there's children, of course, because it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, so there's always kids everywhere. So it opens up with this, uh, this pyre. I tell them, we are the party of anti-government. They say, that's awesome. Holy cow, I didn't even know you guys existed. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> so I, I love the way this opens because 
You know, this is NBC Boston, and Boston, of course, is full of big government people, right? So this is going to be seen presumably by people who love the government, and they're seeing don't tread on me, there's the don't tread on me flag that, that comes up right after that. People are chanting, and for us, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's pork fest. Yeah, right? normal. Right, yeah, this is, well, we know these people. This is cool. We've, we've, been th- we've been to this event. And for people that are not familiar with this movement, for people that are, you know, big government lovers, they are going to be livid at seeing this, uh, this kind of footage. So I'm just kind of relishing the idea <laughs> yeah. of what, uh, you know, the reactions are going to be to this. Here's a little more. <laughs> the Free State Project is simply about getting people who believe in freedom and limited government to move to New Hampshire. We are the live free or die state. We all agree on the one important thing, which is non-aggression principle. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. We believe in economic freedom, personal freedom. We want government to be as local as possible. I just want lower taxes, smaller government, more individual freedom. If you're a libertarian and you're the live and let live crowd, just come to New Hampshire. It's really tough to hate us once you meet us. I was moving for a libertarian political migration to join like a little crazy freedom utopia. I spent 40 years feeling very isolated. And now I have thousands and thousands of people. This is real. You know, a real community. This is a real project. This is really happening. We want to be here to live our best life. Who can argue with that? So throughout the that whole basically minute, which is honestly, it just sounds like a puff piece for the Free State Project sure. so far, right? Like it's all these great clips of these wonderful people that have moved here. They're expressing themselves on what they believe, which is, you know, small government, more freedom, all that stuff that, you know, people that move here for the Free State Project really appreciate. And uh, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, I mean, if, if if people just watch the first minute of this video and they're libertarian, it's going to be persuasive. They're going to want to check out the, the Free State Project. But, of course, they're going to bring in the other side here, as they should. You know, there's got to be drama. I mean, certainly there's drama within the within the Free State Project. Hell yeah, uh, there is. You know, any libertarian movement, there's always going to be infighting. We're still and, human, human you know, basically. Yeah, pe- you know, pe- stupid crap is going to happen in, with a group of thousands of people. But they bring in the outside, pro-government, big-government status types here here in a little bit. And by the way, there's a, a clip here. By the way, they, this is very well edited. I just got to hand it to them. I mean, this is incredible. They, they spent a lot of time on this, and it looks great. The music's good. Uh, the, the audio's nice. The video's high quality, and it's it's well edited. There's as you're hearing all these comments from people. There's a lot of footage from like Porkfest sure. and other things uh, going on here. So the, the so as the music's sort of fading down, it's actually Ian Underwood, I think, firing a gun. Which you know, again, for us, it's just like yeah, it's normal, whatever. People go out to the gun range all the time. It's New Hampshire, but for people in Boston, it's gonna be like <gasps> Man, they've got guns. guns. Yeah, this is why I don't go to New Hampshire. Sense of urgency Good. to address yeah. what's happening. My heart okay, was racing, is. and I felt sick to to my stomach. People are just waking up to it. They have been very serious about having people move into our state to change the way of life in New Hampshire. Now you got to know who's talking in this clip here. A couple of the people I don't recognize. They've had three different people so far, but this one I do recognize. Her name is Zandra Rice Hawkins, and she is. The uh, activist behind a group, she's the the main person behind a group called Granite State Progress. 
Yeah. And this is one of the biggest anti-freedom pro-government groups in New Hampshire. And of course, the Which is, irony. Oh, sorry. You're about to say it. Go the, ahead. The irony of this woman criticizing the Free State Project for moving to New Hampshire is she herself also moved to New Hampshire yes. to take this job for this organization, Granite State's so-called Progress, which is, as I understand it, like one of those George Soros-funded organizations. So she's doing the exact same thing. She's coming to New Hampshire, trying to change it for her beliefs. And, of course, I don't know if they're going to reveal that in this series. I hope they do. I hope so, too. I hope they do. But it, It's really cool because um, I saw her. I recognized her. Then I started hearing her speak. So I remember seeing her almost exact same background and everything mm-hmm. from a Free State Project documentary that came out years, oh, yeah. years before. Yeah, they've been around for a while. I'm going to go to the phones here. We'll continue with the video. But we do have a gentleman on the line here. Uh, you are on the air, caller. What is your name? Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Go ahead. Well, howdy. I'm a first-time listener to you guys. I just found you off of uh, one of the YouTube channels. Excellent. Uh, recent, yeah, I've just recently uh, started uh, doing some research in the 1A movement. I'm a, I'm a veteran, disabled vet, and, uh, you know, card-carrying 2A guy. And, Great. Okay. Uh, been around the world, and I'm probably a, one of the few guys that will be – in the auditing community that actually has an airplane called a Velocity that's going to be flying from city to city to just do some things and what have you. I've started a new channel and, you know, a couple of just subscribers with some friends and what have you. Right on. Do, at, you want to drop at, your channel name? Sure, sure. At Flying Auditor. At Flying Auditor. Okay, so just to clarify, channel. you said you're going to go and fly from city to city and then do audits in different areas of the country? Yeah, just just different areas of the country. Once I get my bird up and up, wow. up and fly, absolutely. that's really cool. Absolutely. New concept, cool. Man. Well, that is cool. Well, you know, a lot of you young guys, I'm, you know, I'm I'm an older guy, but um, when I'm old enough to be probably some of you guys' uh, dad and granddad, but you know what I've what I've discovered this big movement, especially with the ability to to you know put people of power in a, into account. And if somebody goes and looks at my about page on my YouTube channel, they'll see I've got 35,000 hours of a canine Leo. So, you know, narcotics guy. Uh, and I was doing it in the military for years and in this long time ago. But you said, I'm sorry. You said you spent 35,000 hours as a law enforcement officer? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, you yeah. know, the well the... In, in the military, in the military, oh, law okay. enforcement, same thing. MP. Uh, You're an MP. No, 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 no. I was a canine law enforcement guy. Oh, okay. Interesting. But yeah, military, it, you worked for the, the, uh, what, the army? No, air force. Air force. Okay. And, you know, back in the day I used to kid, I talked to all the Leo guys cause you know, there's a boatload of uh, good guys and boatload of bad guys. Mm. But I told all of them, all the people I used to pull over were combat trained killers. Now, that's kind of changed today in today's world because everybody out there is just crazy. Some, I shouldn't say everybody, there's a lot of crazy people, as we all know, as we watch these videos. But what really gets me incensed is the abuse that some of these crazy Leos are doing out there. They're mm-hmm. just absolutely ignoring the 2A or the 1A movement. And uh, one of the videos I've got up is on Jeff Gray, who's yep. Honor Your Oath, at Honor Your Oath. You know, here's an Army vet, and, you know, all he does is hang with the sign, you know, God bless the homeless vets, and these a-holes decide to do something, you know, that violate his rights. Yeah, didn't he and, used to be with photography is not a crime? That name sounds familiar to me. I believe it is. Who? Who? Jeff Gray. Gray. John Gray. Jeff Gray. Yeah. Jeff Gray. I don't no, know. Just, I don't know. Just I don't sounds know. familiar. A, I know there's another channel out there. Photography is not a crime. There's yeah, a few of them for a long time. 
I've listened for a, a bunch of them, and I applaud you guys for going out there and doing this because it needs to happen from within. They say changes need to be made at your level, you know, city level, county level, and then state level. So and, you, uh, uh, I, I take it you've been flying for some time. That's a thing yes. you've been doing. Okay, so yeah. so, you, so what are you waiting on? You said you have to get a plane, or what's what? Well, what's I know I've got my plane. Okay. It's, it's it, if you look at the, it's a velocity, the mm-hmm. pusher, which means the engines in the back, and it's got a sweep wing. And nice. if you go to my channel, you'll see my plane. You'll see me uh, when I bought it. Okay, but and one more time, it, what was the channel? At flying auditor, like right. the word at. Well, it's the, amp, the sign. At the, symbol. Amp, the at sign. Yeah, that's for the YouTube channel. That's the handle. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, definitely. I'm you, looking forward to it. Now, have you done some auditing already, or are you just going to kick this thing headed off? To, I'm actually headed to Florida to meet with uh, Rogue Nation and uh, with uh, with uh, James James Madison. Yes. Audits. Eric McDonough. They're McDonough. some of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I'll be meeting with him, and I'll be meeting with those guys, and we're going to be talking. And that's cool. And uh, I, I make a lot of FOIA requests on the PDs for their canine. I'm very specific in what I ask, and what I'm discovering. You've heard of a guy named Barry Cooper? Oh yeah, yeah. Of We've course. had Barry on the show in the past. Barry, Barry and I are in communication, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm Western. I'm not far from where he was uh, was a was a canine Leo as well. Mm, okay, but he got railroaded. He got railroaded. Oh badly. yeah, he did. That's why he had to leave the United States. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And LRN.FM. broadcast radio. I'm not going to I'm not going to drop FTC. your call, but uh, but please don't please don't say yeah. anything like that again. Just for, you know, if you when in doubt, just leave it out. Okay. My, my, my bad. Okay, it's okay. But, you know, the QI needs to go away. And then, you know, canine are, are you know, I'm a kind of love dogs, but they're a weapon and they're, they're an instrument mm-hmm. and they need to be calibrated. And I can guarantee you what, I can go to any PD department, pick up a canine, any other drug dogs, get on that dog for 30 minutes to an hour, get friendly with it and start a search and I can false alert that dog. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah, and they know they know how to do it too. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. Uh, when you used to be in the military, you were a drug enforcement officer. Have you changed your mind about the war on drugs? Sort of like Barry has, Barry Cooper. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been that way for for years and years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, living in Texas, you know, the the magic herb. I mean, when I used to take a controlled substance, the security that we had was a huge Ziploc bag with five pounds of fresh cut weed. And I'm telling the feds, I'm sitting. There, how do you know nobody's not, you know, taking some out and putting oregano in because <laughs> it wasn't controlled <laughs> like the heroin aids and all those right. things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just boils down. I tell everybody, you know, if you if you understand the process of what needs to be done on the FOIA at the state, at the county level, and then you dig into a little deeper, um, it's important. But I'm going to be putting out some videos on the checklist. As a pilot, we have checklists. And if you go into the auditing, even what you're doing for your show, you prepare a checklist to run your, to run your show. It should be no different when you go out into the 1A community. What are you willing to, to give up? I mean, you know, your assets could be on the line. You need to have everything prepared. There's sure. a guy out there that's an ex-cop. He's a sheriff. He has a channel called We the People University. I, Isaiah I Israel. Yep. Isaiah Israel, that's great. right. Yep. Yeah, Israel. He's got a great app. And uh, uh, the Rogue Nation actually has an app out that, you know, you can report on cops on his app. I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head. But well, anyway, I'm looking forward to hearing the stories out. and seeing what you come up with. Uh, what was your name, caller? I never caught that. Greg. Greg, thank you for the call tonight. Very I definitely cool appreciate channel. it. 
Flying Auditor is the name of his channel. Auditor. Definitely going to be one to watch and uh, appreciate the call here. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. we got more coming up here, including more from the trailer from NBC Boston about the Free State Project. It's Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Joa, and Reed joining you here tonight. Phones are open. Bring up whatever you want. We can get into, uh, I mentioned something about Putin since Reed brought up China. I got something uh, from old Vlad as well to, uh, to talk about when we get the chance. But we are talking about something a little closer to home here, and that is NBC Boston has been working very hard. A couple of their producers slash reporters uh, have been in New Hampshire at just about every opportunity they can to come up to something. Yep. Any kind of, you know, whether it's just a just free staters hanging out together at the Quill or, uh, you know, some other gathering or some sort of political event or whatever they can come to. They've been getting a ton of footage. I think you said there was like 400 hours that they talked about yep. having in the can here. So they've got a lot from which to pull to make what is going to be a series on the Free State Project and the migration of libertarian activists here to New Hampshire. And I just I get excited whenever I see news coverage like this because I know that no matter how it comes out, a lot of people get real critical of the media, like, oh, well, they weren't fair, or they, they were terrible to us, or they lied, or whatever. And, and it's like, you know that's what you're, you're going to get from the mainstream media. You know they're going to get facts wrong. Yeah. You know they may even try to skew a story to be you know negative or whatever. Now, I will, I will say this about the, the people here at NBC Boston. I really like them. I found yeah, them they're to very be, nice. They're people. very, very uh, smart people, and they asked really good questions. Like, they... They ask thoughtful questions whenever you talk to them. Not angled questions either. Yeah, it didn't really seem to be like gotcha kind of questions, right? right? Like right. they they really did seem to have have a genuine interest in uh you know what's going on here. Now, they obviously have a job to do, and that job is to portray quote unquote both sides, right? And right. so that's what they're I'm doing. I'm fine with this. Yeah, and I th- I'm excited about it because like like I said, if you are a liberty minded person. And you're doing a documentary, and you try to go to these haters, these people that love the the government, that hate Free State Project people. Yeah, it's the best recruiting. You can't get them to talk to you. They're they're super paranoid. They they have their websites. They have the things that they say on their sort of their platforms, and they feel like that's enough. They don't need to talk to anybody else. They don't need to have an actual conversation with a Free Stater. They try to keep us out of their events, for instance, because they don't want to humanize us. They don't want us to actually like appear. Sometimes they'll have these uh, these gatherings where they'll invite people to like the local library or something like that, and they'll put on a big uh, like a big show about how terrible the Free State Project is. And they will lock down those presentations online. They will very carefully scrutinize anybody who wants to show up and attend one of these things. God forbid. Right. <laughs> Because they don't want to show us as as humans. In fact, they actively try to dehumanize the free staters. They've been saying things like free staters are an invasive species. 
which we are, but well, not me because I'm from here, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just people, right? Like invasive species <clears throat> is like, oh, that's some sort of bug you have to crush. That's yeah. some sort of thing that uh, is inhuman, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are terms like people like Hitler have used in the past to describe sure. people he wanted to exterminate. And so now you've got these people that love the government that are using similar terminology when it comes to free staters. Well, if you don't like it here, you can leave. Yeah. Indeed. We're willing to help you, too. <laughs> Did you guys see that Bundy ad for, uh, where? We, I think it was running for governor of Idaho. Um, no, Ammon Bundy? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it was it it, it was a great free state ad. Actually, he was basically he was in a a U-Haul van, and he was just talking about how he was going to try to get rid of all yes. the liberal uh, BS that had accumulated over the last several years, and we'll even help you move. It'll be That's better. Awesome. Our state will be better without you. So it was awesome. How did he do? <laughs> I totally forgot to look for his results in the I feel election. Like I would have seen it got like six or seven percent which isn't bad for a third party you know independent yeah he was just an independent right like he wasn't running under libertarians yeah Yeah, that's not bad that's not bad at all i mean idaho was in the top three i think for the free state project if i recall correctly i think it was i think it was number three after wyoming if i recall correctly uh but still makes sense sorry it's landlocked you know it's not Uh, it's just not as good of a. Well, place. they've got the the river, the the yeah. Columbia River. So. Don't give New Hampshire too much credit for not being landlocked. We only have what a couple of miles of coast. Thirteen yeah, miles can't land. Uh, uh, yeah, coastline. It's still a deep water port. True. And, very true. And we've got the Canadian border as well, so you still have two international mm-hmm. borders just to get you know to start with. Gotcha. And of course, the size of New Hampshire much smaller. It's yeah, a lot easier, lot easier to get around here. Uh, but I, I want to play more from this video here. This is from NBC Boston. The first part of the video is, and I'm just going to jump it back a little bit here because uh, we're in the section of the video. The first part's like all about free state, um, people saying nice things about the liberty movement here and what libertarians believe and you know that kind of thing. Like, all right, come here, move here if you're a libertarian. And these are the people who say, no, don't move here if you're a libertarian. We hate you. Uh, we want you to go away. We hate the fact that you're here, and uh, Xander Rice Hawkins is the pr- most preeminent of them, but they feature a couple others here who I don't know, and I, I'm sure we're going to get to know as this series is released. But this is from NBCBoston.com. My heart was racing, and I felt sick to, to my stomach. People are just waking up to it. They have been very serious about having people move into our state to change the way of life in New Hampshire. They want to create this libertarian utopia, void of public infrastructure and common laws. I th- They're showing, uh, by the way, the video here includes imagery of guns, like a shooting range. There's a girl with a just showing her T-shirt that says guns and Bitcoin on it. So really kind of giving you a feel for uh, the, the libertarian community here. I think it's really important to recognize that the Free State Project exists because theirs is a minority view some of Mm, is it though i mean uh, reed you grew up here is the free state project view which is to say government should be as small as humanly possible is that a minority view in your experience of knowing just the average new hampshire person as small as humanly possible um I don't know. I mean, I I think that I would say yes, probably in Mm -hmm. New Hampshire, but I think it's a lot 
friendlier an idea to most people in New Hampshire than it would be anywhere else. Like, I think most people in New Hampshire don't hate the state or like, you know, they're not, they don't have the, they don't have the belief that the government is inherently evil necessarily. They Mm -hmm. just don't think they need as much as most other people do. But so I think they're a lot more open to that idea than most other people are. Yeah. I mean, I having not lived here my whole life, only the last 15 or so years when I encounter New Hampshire natives, I frequently encounter them saying things that are critical of the government. So yeah, they may not have, they may not have the principles per se of your typical libertarian activist, but there's something that's sort of endemic or, you know, native to being here where they're raised in this atmosphere of people who are at least critical uh, or at least, you know, not going to believe everything the government tells them. They're skeptical of uh, of the state and they generally want to be left alone. They don't want to have a bunch of taxes and a bunch of stupid, uh, you know, mandates being shoved down their throats. That much, I think, is tends to be fairly commonly held as a viewpoint here. Would you say so? Yeah, no, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that sure. these people in this video, you know, obviously they have their viewpoint and they want it to they want it to be the the majority viewpoint, which is to say we need, you know, bigger government. And I don't think that's going to fly with a lot of the the New Hampshire natives. But here's more from the the clip. The measures that they advance could really hurt people. I think it's frightening. <laughs> frightening. We've right. read our history. So now we're back to uh Free Stater Carla Garrick. She's a longtime President of the Free State Project, former president of the the Free State Project. One of my most favorite people. Great activist. Yeah, longtime uh, activist here. She's really fun. Here's, uh, here's, here's what she has to say. We know our history and we see where things are heading. Yeah, why shouldn't we be concentrating our like-minded souls in one geographic area so then we actually might have a chance of moving these ideas forward? As uh, that was me, by the way, in that uh, that clip. And as I was saying that, they're showing images on screen of different individuals here in New Hampshire, free staters mostly, although not all, some some locals. Uh, but you know, the different personalities that are involved here in doing activism, and clearly these are people are going to focus on, right? Like they're going to have episodes that are focusing on these individuals. Aria is uh, is in there, Carly yeah. Garrick, and and many other folks. So, and they're all looking, you know, very noble right like there's kind of these like slow tracking shots as the camera kind of pushes yeah, in they did a great job them. they had some nice cameras yeah on these beautiful gimbals and it's a gorgeous uh gorgeous clip and they're also showing footage from the raid by the way the uh, the yeah, raid on yeah. the crypto six on this very studio they, we don't want to i was gonna say that they've interviewed me several times so i can't mm-hmm. wait to see uh you know, my yeah, part in I'm looking too. forward to seeing what they come up with here. I, I think this is a great teaser. Here's a little bit more. Wait for a collapse. We want to build an alternative. Show people it can be successful. We like New Hampshire the way it is. They clearly have a different vision. They've gone down a path that's too dark, and there's no coming back from it. You recognize that voice, Reed? Is that Nick Sarwark? Yeah, it's Nick Sarwark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Now, who is Nick Sarwark? Can you explain, Reed, who this person is? Yeah, so Nick Sarwark is the former chair of the National Libertarian Party. Was it two terms or just one? I think a couple, yeah. Yeah, I think it was a couple terms. Um, And he seems like he used to be sort of reasonable back in the day, maybe. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know him back then. But yeah, he's gone completely off the rails, unhinged. Um, I was actually at the convention last weekend. and The Libertarian Party of um, New Hampshire convention. 
Yeah, just the New Hampshire convention. And he sat alone in the corner. Or there might have been someone at the table with him. But he, like, before the front part of the room was filled up, he showed up and went up into the balcony and sat there by himself. Hmm. And then eventually other people were up there too. But he very obviously <laughs> was removing himself. Um, he was and, there yeah, in the just... previous the previous year I went to. I couldn't go this year because I'm on house arrest, basically. But uh, yeah. he was there with his wife and one other guy. And they ended up leaving halfway through the event just because they could not have the effect that they wanted to on the event. They wanted to, I think, try to block certain proposals or whatever. And they were literally the only three in the entire room who were the opposition to what was happening and they couldn't get anywhere. So they just, they just left. Um, did he stay for the whole time this year? He did. Uh, he stayed through the whole thing. There weren't any real altercations. Um, they did, uh, they did disallow him from taking part in delegation. So they didn't expel him as a member, Mm -hmm. but it was a vote like 45 to 11 or something to disallow him from taking part in the convention. Basically. I think. Does that mean Um, in the national delegation, meaning that the people they would send from New Hampshire to go to the libertarian party nationally, he's not allowed to be a part of that. I don't think we do that this year. So I don't think Mm -hmm. it has any effect on that. Um, But I think he, so yeah, I'm not really sure how that uh, Interesting. works out. But Dude, what do you think about yeah. this guy? I mean, like, was he? There's always been this theory that Sarwark is a federal agent that he's been working with the federal government for some time, and he's been trying to kind of throw a wrench into things. Uh, I mean, he definitely did seem to do that with the most recent election here in New Hampshire yeah. to the best that he could. The uh, it was last year. We have elections every two years in New Hampshire, and the Free State, uh, sorry, not Free State, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire nominated a couple people, Jeremy Kaufman uh, for Senate and uh, Carlin Boroshenko for governor. It wasn't a huge amount of people, but we had two, and, right. and they, they spent a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of volunteer hours going out and getting uh, signatures, because that's what you have to do as a third party in New Hampshire. You don't just get to pay $2 and get on the ballot, uh, which is what you can do if you're a Republican or a Democrat and you want to run for state rep, for instance. Yeah, governor is a little more expensive, $100. Um, so they, you know, the two big parties just pay 100 bucks, and that's it. They're on the ballot. But in the case of the, you know, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, they have to go out and literally collect thousands of signatures, which, which took hours and hours and hours yeah. and weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was just people standing outside of Market Basket. We did some of it, uh, Reed, you and I. I don't know if you had a chance, Joe, to go out and see any of this. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of work. And no, I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I apologize. You don't have to apologize. It's okay. <laughs> it's my um, fault they didn't win. It's not right for everybody. And no, it's not. They did get on the I ballot. Know, I we, know. They did successfully get on the ballot. But what happened was this Sarwark character, he did his own like breakaway alternative libertarian party where he recruited people who didn't show up to the libertarian party convention didn't throw their hat in the ring didn't have a debate didn't have any kind of discussion about like why they should be the candidates Sarwark just said i'm going to create another alternative other people calling themselves libertarians and i'm going to put my own money behind i presume it was his money because apparently he's like a you know a car dealer or a lawyer or well, unless he's or a socialist and probably not his own money yeah, he's got, some, he's got some success, I guess, in life. And so he funded some kind of campaign for these people. He had outside people come into the state, people who did not live in New Hampshire, figure. Uh, come into the state to work these campaigns for these other people. He had, like, professional paid. like So while Jeremy and, and Carlin had volunteer people going out and getting signatures, Sarwark paid people 
as I understand it, to go out and get signatures. And they barely made it. In fact, they ended up having to like challenge the. Initially, they were rejected because they had enough signatures thrown out. They didn't get like normally you want to shoot for twice as many signatures because you know they're going to disqualify a bunch of them. They didn't have twice as many. They had more than what they were required to have, but they disqualified a bunch. So they had to. I don't know. They sued over it or something, and then they ultimately did get their candidate on the ballot. One of them thankfully dropped out. The guy for Senate did drop out before. All was said and done, uh, so that was good. So Jeremy Kaufman didn't have a libertarian to run against. But the lady for governor, she she pushed forward, uh, and she ended up on the ballot going against. We actually had two people running as libertarians on the uh, the governor race, which, of course, split the number of people who were willing to vote for a libertarian, which is already a very small number of people in general. Yeah. Yeah. That basically split it roughly in half. And so, I mean, it... That definitely seems to me to be something that a, you know, a provocateur or some sort of an agent would come in and do. It's like, we're going to try to stir up as much drama and as much division within the Libertarian Party as possible. I mean, if he's not on the government's payroll, he's certainly doing their bidding without knowing it. I was going to say, I think he's just like, I mean, he couldn't be doing any better of a job uh, than if that was what his goal was. But... I honestly can't imagine that the FBI cares that much about the Libertarian Party. I mean, we're so ineffective, you know, on the grand scale. So I can't imagine they'd even bother, like, messing with us. I think generally that's true uh, as far as, like, the national level is concerned. And certainly the Libertarians aren't getting elected in New Hampshire either. They have to run as Republicans or Democrats uh, in order to get elected here. But the FBI sure as hell is interested in the Free State Project. They have been investigating the Free State Project from as far back as 2005. Bill Christiana from the FBI office in uh, in Boston came to that trailer that, that you lived in, Joa, and he knocked on the door of that trailer in 2005, and he wanted to talk to Dave Ridley back then and ask him questions about his friends who were doing civil disobedience in New Hampshire at the time and whether or not that they were violent, so-called. Yeah. So this guy has been investigating the free state project for almost two decades now uh that we're aware of and they you know they finally got their big score with the with the crypto six uh, a couple of years ago people selling bitcoin without asking government permission but uh, they haven't actually managed to find any violent people no they haven't managed no, they to have it and they won't yeah no and i hope they won't i mean likely any but anybody talking about violence within this movement is probably working for the fbi and i mean a lot of people say oh you're, you're not actually libertarian well if you believe in violence and you're you're willing to use violence for political gains you are not libertarian no it makes you more like the government yeah you make yeah that's exactly what they do. exactly that's their tool all right so let me get back to uh there's a little more here about a minute left in this video here uh, again talking to people on both sides uh this is nbc boston their premiere or rather their trailer of what's going to be a series uh show of short documentaries about the free state project and the libertarian migration here to new hampshire uh, they're talking to some of the haters here as well including uh, zandra hawkins from the uh, granite state progress their end goal is really dangerous <laughs> i just want to be with other people who Scary. want freedom we just want you to move to new hampshire and help us make new hampshire smaller government that's all we want there are a boatload of us here and there are more and more coming and in a way we're taking over <laughs> <laughs> silver dave my, my boy <laughs> 
that is what you know is definitely going to upset a lot of people right the, the line like that in a way we're taking over and of course the free state project originally back in the day had language like that associated with it's kind of the publicity surrounding it that it was going to quote unquote take over new hampshire when everyone knows you know by raw numbers twenty thousand people isn't going to take over anything that's not enough people it's not even like one percent of the the number of voters well in all in all fairness if that twenty thousand people and not everyone that has moved here for the free state project is involved but imagine 20,000 people moving here and getting involved. Yeah, that'd be huge. We're already, though, like, you know, other than lobbyists and special interests in the state house, it's free staters mostly that I see testifying. Yeah. I don't see yeah. any other people other than, you know, cops and politicians. And because we care about it enough yeah. to want to get involved and make the change. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I think that, you know, we can get more people. There, there are plenty of people out there that believe in liberty, but not the state they live in. Yeah, they got to get here. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, one of the the key differences because people say, "Well, what about the people that are moving from Massachusetts?" You know, there are bad people moving to New Hampshire. And the answer is, as you point out here, Joa, the average free stater is more likely to be an activist yeah. than the per, the person just moving to you know from Massachusetts yeah. to Southern New Hampshire. That person might be wanting to move to New Hampshire, actually, in many cases, for more freedom. Sometimes you get freedom-loving people coming up. They, from- they don't even realize it. They, I mean, they do in some essence, but like they, they're like, oh, I really need to move to New Hampshire because they don't have taxes. They only have the property tax. Well, I don't want to own a property. I just want to rent. And then there's no sales tax. Yeah, I kind of like this. I'm on, I want to move to New Hampshire. But they're not calling themselves free staters. No. They just want to enjoy the fruits that we, we've been, I don't want to say we, it's just what has been preserved, you know? And to be fair, some free staters are more active than others. There are people who just move here and they just kind of bring their family up and they go to school or you know do homeschooling or whatever, and they might go out and vote once in a while. And, yeah, you know that's the end of it. Um, so I think the eighty twenty rule is in effect, right? So if you got twenty thousand people moving here, maybe you'd have you know four thousand people doing things right yeah. like because 80 20 is is a real thing yeah you know so and i've heard estimates as high as eight thousand people have moved here i don't know if i buy that one um i think there's definitely been several thousand maybe four sure. or five somewhere in that range that that have moved because there's also a lot of people who've left over the years and those people usually yeah, don't get counted but then again there's also people who moved and they don't they don't want to be counted so there's like a whole category of non-joiner types who they will not join the free state project they won't join, you know, other organizations, but they know this is the place to be. So they get so they get here. So that's why we just need more people. And that's why I love media like this, because yeah. when this gets out there and it doesn't matter to me how nasty uh, the uh, the anti free staters are, that the nastier they are, the more of it's a, like a badge of honor. Yeah. Right. Because it, it means they hate us because we're effective. And people are like, oh, wow, these people are actually pissing off the left over here. Right. I want to be part of that. All right. Here's the rest of it. <laughs> There's no place like New Hampshire to raise a family and to plan ahead for the next hundred years. Not taking over to rule you, taking over to liberate you. And if you believe in America, <laughs> you've got to take action when these groups come to town. Trump didn't save us. Biden didn't save us. Okay, so that's Zandra, by the way, right there, that little insert with, if you believe in America, <laughs> you got to take action when these people come to town. So she's, <laughs> she's trying to recruit, too. 
She's trying to let people know this is what the this is what happened in 2022 in the election season was the Democrats started advertising hard against free stater candidates in New Hampshire. And I and this was the big question in the the election of 2022 as I was going into it, it's like I've never seen it at this level before. Because I've, I've seen a lot of election cycles being here for 16 years. We have elections every two years. Yep. And, you know, every now and then they'll pick a free stater in one town and they'll, they'll like, buy an, uh, a mailer, right, that goes to all the households that attacks that person for being a free stater. So that's happened. And it, ha- it you know, kind of happens every election here and there. But in 2022, it was like an all-out attack. They spent big money identifying. They always try to identify all the free staters, but now they wanted to attack them specifically for being free staters. They wanted to let the Republicans know, hey, look out. You don't want to vote for these free staters, Republicans. You want to vote for real Republicans. Like Even the Democrats were spending money trying to promote the quote-unquote real Republicans (laughs) in 2022. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and when all was said and done, more Free State Project people got elected in 2022 than ever before. Whoop, whoop. So it did not work for them. In fact, it seemed to work against them. Hour three is coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. And the phones are open here. If you want to join us, you can do that. Number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight is Ian and Joe. And Reed. we got Reed with us. Reed Coverdale is here from Naturalist Capitalist. Joe is here from Breaking the Flaw. Both of those guys have channels on both YouTube and Odyssey, so be sure you check them out. Uh, we also have our channel at uh, video.freetalklive.com over on the Odyssey platform. We've been talking about the Free State Project, uh, playing a video clip here, and I'm almost done with it. But I do, I do want to get through the whole thing because it's, I think, a really good trailer for what's going to be a multi-part series. And I believe it's going to be online only on, uh, it's from NBC Boston, though. And they put a lot of time uh, into this. They've been coming up here to New Hampshire over the last year plus and going to various different uh, Free State Project events and various different activism things that have been happening. And some of the stuff they couldn't make it to, they'll like reach out and try to get footage of. But they've been really prolific, uh, really good, nice folks. I, I think it's going to be a fair I, – I mean, my, my personal prediction is I think it's going to be a pretty fair, newsy kind of documentary style thing. I, I think they're going to show both sides of this thing. That's what they do in the trailer. And even if it is slanted one way or another, I don't care. I think it's I'd like great. to see it on TV. Me too, uh, but who watches TV anymore? What's that again? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, look, we don't care. I mean, it'd be great if people who are in their 70s want to move here in their retirement. I think that's great because honestly, I think uh, like the dude that called in earlier, I don't know how old he was, but he, he said that he was, you know, he thought he was old enough to be our grandfather. He was our like grandfather. years old. No way. No way. He sounded like maybe in his here. 60s, but, but uh, you know, he's... He's he's got a he's retired right like or at least he sounds retired he's got enough money to get into an airplane yeah. and fly all around the country and do First Amendment audits. People that have that kind of time and that that willingness to do activism, I want them here in New Hampshire. Sure. So I don't want to I don't want to act like you know it's people that are old are completely useless. They're not. But the fact is, on average, older people are more set in their ways. They're more likely to just stay where they are because that's where they retired and, you know, they don't want to go anywhere else. They're comfortable. They got right. their family with them or whatever. 
and again, the, the whole being set in their ways thing is it's just a reality. You know, they've, they've been this way their whole life. The odds are going to change their mind and all of a sudden become a libertarian activist that moves to New Hampshire. Probably not as likely as maybe some some younger people. So I think to me, if this stuff is only online, I think that's fine. It's going to get shared around, may go viral, etc. Anyway, it's been about the Free State Project. That's what this documentary is going to be about. That's what we've been playing here. And Jimmy is on the line in Florida. He's got some comments. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Joa, and Reed. Oh, hi, guys. Um, I just I just don't think you're going to make it. See, here's the problem I see is you teach rebellion to people. and as soon as you become a state, they're going to rebel against you. And they're, you're, you're going to say, oh, we need to be a, build a highway through New Hampshire. Can we take up a tax collection? And they're going to say, no, no, we're not going to do it. You're going to get like 100 bucks. What are you going to – you teach rebellion. What are you guys going to do when you're in charge? Okay, so you said we're we'll not going to make alone. it. You, just I want to clarify something, Jimmy. You said we're not going to make it, but yet you think that uh, the Free State Project will succeed and take over uh, the New Hampshire government? I hope it does. Oh, really? I mean, but Yeah, I um, hope. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Why? Because you've been pretty negative over, over your calls uh, generally. Why, why are you rooting for us? Because I'm trying to get you into reality here. You can't be teaching rebellion to people. What's wrong with your governor? He sounds like a great guy. What's wrong? <laughs> wow. He's he's establishment and he doesn't really he'll say some good things and that's really all like he doesn't really go into the gritty uh when he talks like He's on, totally controlled by yeah, like you yeah. said, you know, he's totally owned. He wants to be a president. He wants to get to the higher levels of power. He's a power seeker. Hey, you know what's wrong with well, him? He like still his has his name on the rape center in Manchester, okay? Oh, come on. <laughs> no, not come on. Why would you want to keep your name on that? Why isn't that well, building not torn down? Look, he's a fiscal conservative. That's my man. What's I wouldn't complain about him. <laughs> okay, there's plenty to complain I mean, about because well, he, if you're a conservative, you're not a libertarian. Okay, so you don't believe in you don't believe in freedom. You might believe in freedom on some issues, but you don't believe in freedom across the board. And well, can't you be a conservative libertarian? Like you, you think. You have your own yes, personal yes. views on things. You could be a conservative, but as long as you're not wanting to control other people's lives, right? I, yeah, you could. Yeah. That I don't think is Jimmy in this case. No. Okay. Hey, Jimmy, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the lockdowns? Did you believe in the lockdowns and masking and that sort of thing? Well, no. I, I'm in Florida. Ron DeSantis. <laughs> you know Ron DeSantis locked down Florida, So that too, means right? yes. <laughs> yeah, for two weeks. Two weeks. You, you've heard him since then, right? Until he realized it would be more politically feasible for him to take a different oh. position, and then he changed his mind about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, you're right. Uh, he's snake. Uh, but, uh, but, Jimmy, you used the term rebellion. I just want to correct you. Rebellion yeah. includes violence. Generally, the term, if you go and look it up, rebellion is a violent thing, a violent act against the status quo. And that's actually not what we advocate here in New Hampshire. And I think I can speak for all three of us on the show right now. We're not advocating violence to, to take over, quote unquote. We understand that in order to get free staters elected, we have to persuade our way into those positions. The reason yeah. why there's 50 free staters supposedly in state office right now as state representatives is because they were able to get elected without using violence. And we're going to uh, continue to do peaceful ways of trying to change society. No, and okay, Jimmy, but- never, never once have I heard uh, 
someone go like, hey, we need to go do some violence or something. We need to go, you know, start a fire, or go break something up. Or I've never, ever had anyone in this community ever talk that way. Uh, maybe sarcastically, but never really seriously. Like, and if they are, they're likely a Fed. Likely and, federal agent. Yeah. yeah. And it's ironic. That's not what I'm the saying, ones though. who do want to use violence are the ones who don't agree with our philosophy. They want to use government force to coerce people into doing what they want. They're the violent okay, ones. President, President Eon, you need a new highway built to the state. You get you get a hundred dollars from volunteer. What are you going to do? Yeah. See, you don't understand libertarianism at all, Jimmy. Uh, what libertarians want to do is get rid of, and most libertarians, there's some small government libertarian types out there, but the, you know, the true most principled libertarian viewpoint is that there should be no government, there should be no government roads. So if the market wants to build a road, then they'll figure out how to do it. Yeah. They'll, they'll offer people money to buy their property I've or whatever. On, I've lived on roads that are privately maintained. Yeah, there are private roads today. There were private roads back before government took over. Uh, road creation yeah, so yeah. this is not some sort of crazy issue where there's no solution whatsoever but the solution for a libertarian is not centrally controlled is not to force our neighbors and threaten them with violence to do what we want them to do that's what well, you no, know no. the government way hmm? i got you yeah i mean I, I hope it works for you guys maybe i'll move there from florida but no don't please don't it. move here unless you actually believe in liberty unless you actually have come to understand yeah. that you know in order to use in order to achieve what you want to achieve in life you I, can't use violence or the I threat believe of violence. jimmy is i believe jimmy is a good guy and that he wants to see you know this world live peacefully and free but it's the method of how of how we get there uh, are we going to just you know railroad everyone that disagrees with us no that's not like i mean we're going to allow people, we're going to open them up, show them the door to liberty and freedom, and they're going to make their own choices. We're not going to force them into a corner like they're doing, you know? So, I don't know. Florida, not really one of the freest places because you're disarmed. Well, I mean, you can ask well, government permission to have a gun in Florida. <laughs> no, they're changing all that. You didn't hear the latest. Oh, what's they're, the they're latest? They're going to... Vermont carry. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that in Florida. Are they actually doing something about it? It's on the docket. Okay, so they're going to vote on a thing. It hasn't passed yet. No, right, okay. yeah. You'll have to update us, Jimmy. When it, If it does pass, that'll be good news because uh, the Florida carrying restrictions. Would it be open carry as well? I'm not sure about that. Okay, you let, let us know when you find out more, all right, Jimmy? See, I, okay, thank you. thanks for the call. One thing about Florida, they do have open carry, but you have to be actively oh. fishing. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't think they had open or carry. Or hunting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is not legal advice. Check your own statutes. No, no it is, this is not legal advice, but right. this is law. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not going back down there. I don't miss it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I was raised, born and raised down there. And I understand. Not looking back. We continue here. Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Joa, and you Reed. Know, yes. Thank you for taking my call. I'm yes, always sir. excited to take part in this show. Uh, and when I hear about the uh, Free State Project and all this thing, I, I you know, I, I really think about, uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar at all with the Cascadia, Cascadia movement. 
Yeah, is that the one? There's been a few different independence movements up there. Is Cascadia the one that's trying to get like eastern Washington and eastern Oregon and a chunk of Idaho together? No, that would be. I think that's that's the uh, uh, more of a right wing. Yeah, that's Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, right. Now the Cascadia is uh, more of a. We're going to take a. The, the, all of the Pacific Northwest to include part of Alaska, Canada, Northern California, and then uh, establish it for our bioregion or whatever they call it. Huh. They, they, they uh, are, but it, uh, but it sounds like as far as the complexity, if, if like everything was to go to hell tomorrow, the the free state project is a little bit more sophisticated and organized in comparison to the Cascadia. Okay, hold uh, on. So what does that mean? A, a bio region? Does that have anything to do with political things, or is it like, oh, the weather's the same here and our plants right. are the same? I mean, what does that mean? Exactly. You're right. The bio region would uh, have to do with uh, the different kinds of plants, fungus, trees. Uh, all, all of the um, elements that we, probably this uh, future nation could rely on as natural resource export and import type of a uh, you know money making system, I suppose. Uh, so, is the point but, of it just to simply declare like we think this should be a bioregion and that's the end of it, or does it have to require some kind of government approval? Yeah. Well, I don't think that that they're that far out on their thinking, but they're doing this whole movement has little tiny um, roots right now that are very interesting to me. For example, I was an observer up at uh, the uh, Capitol Hill occupied uh, protest area in Mm -hmm. Seattle back in 2020. And uh, there was a lot of Cascadia type of people that were up there with their flags and patches and just their, you know, influence and, and them taking part in everything that was going on. So they're all over the place with, with this whole, whole thing. And it's not really like a, it's not really something that's really talked about. In fact, it's more joked about in Canada than it is here in the United States. They they make fun of it on uh, the BC programming and stuff like that, the Cascadia movement. But uh, I see similarities between the Free State Project and uh, the Cascadia, and I just think it's very interesting to me, considering you know we got weather balloons that are coming over the <laughs> Pacific Coast, I guess, that are supposedly from China that are spy weather balloons right now. So we're not. You know the the likelihood of uh, the United States being able to uh, sustain their geographical boundaries and everything like that. Uh, you know, come on, everything changes, and that's true. Maybe you guys are a little bit ahead of the of the ball game. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to want or wish anything to happen. I'm just trying to uh, understand what's happening uh, politically, and. Um, yeah, I did uh, find something here about Cascadia as far as secession is concerned. On the Wikipedia page for the Cascadia movement, there is a section uh, about secession. It says here uh, that uh, these connections go back to the Oregon Territory and further back to the Oregon country. 
the land most commonly associated with Cascadia, and the last time the region was treated as a single political unit, though administered by two countries. Some have asserted the political protest in the wake of the 2004 presidential election appears to be the primary reason for renewed separatist movements throughout states with substantial Democratic majorities, such as Washington and Oregon. Cascadian independence has seen a resurgence in popularity following Donald Trump's election in uh, 2016 with a secession (laughs) referendum proposed in Oregon. The individuals who put forward the proposal have since withdrawn the petition, though. Several new Cascadia organizations have formed during that time period immediately after his election. A series of Yes Cascadia meetings were formed to explore the idea of a Cascadian secession movement gathering hundreds of people in person, later changing their name to Vote Cascadia. And uh, members of that independence movement have declared May 18th as Cascadia Day in recognition of the which lateral... The, yeah. You familiar with it? Which is the... Which is the uh... Ironically, the uh, day that Mount St. Helens erupted in 1980, May 18th. Yep, that's what they that's it. what they say here. The Cascadia yeah. Party of British Columbia formed in 2016 and nominated two candidates, though neither were elected in the 2017 British Columbia general election to advocate for sovereignty for the Cascadia bioregion. So there is a bit of a independence movement yep. there associated with Cascadia, and I I wish them the best. Chuck, anything else you want to share about it tonight? No, I just, uh, I'll appreciate watching the uh, similarities grow as, as we grow older, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight, Chuck. I appreciate right. hearing Thank from you. you. All right, so I'm just going to give you the last bit here from NBC Boston. This is their four-minute-long teaser trailer. I will link to this over, actually, I think I might have already done it earlier today on the Free Talk Live social media platform. I did do it earlier today. Uh, so if you go to social.freetalklive.com, that is our Mastodon. It's our open source self-hosted alternative to Twitter, competes with Twitter, does basically the same thing Twitter does without the evil big tech corporation you know, behind it. Yeah, maybe Elon Musk is better than the previous owners, but he's still got his agenda. And so you can go to social.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. When you do sign up at social.freetalklive.com, there will be a question asked of you as to why you're joining. Just put something in there about Free Talk Live or you know Libertarian, whatever. We'll know it's you, and then we'll approve you because we do get spammers all the time, and the spammers don't know what to write in that that box. So right. it's usually like one word they put in there, and it doesn't make any sense to the reason they might be joining the server. So just put that. Just sound like a human being in that uh, in that box, and you'll you'll get into the server. If you follow the at FTL account, then you'll get our posts and our show prep and things like that. And I did put uh, a link to this video from NBC Boston in there. And so a little bit more here from NBC Boston in their trailer for the upcoming series on the Free State Project. Here is the rest of it. Leave in America. (laughs) You've got to take action when these groups come to town. Trump didn't save us. Biden didn't save us. They're making it worse. We have this legislation in front of us. It is a bill to destroy the United States. Boom. Where's that from, Joa? That's the independent bill yeah yeah the clip here uh from the state house floor is of a democratic state rep speaking against the independence uh bill that came out a year ago here in new hampshire this historic piece of legislation that had it been passed by the state house and the state senate would have allowed the people of new hampshire to vote on declaring peaceful independence now reed as i understand it this was one of the you know, the straws that broke Reed's camel's back, if you will, to uh, push you over the edge and make you think, wow, maybe there is something happening in back in my home state of New Hampshire, right? Yeah, well, <clears throat> not at the exact same time, but in within a uh, small stretch of time, Utah 
was starting to think about trying to ban pornography off of mobile devices. That was that's going to work. The huge, you know, pandemic that was spreading around Utah <laughs> in their mind. And then New Hampshire is talking about trying to secede from the union. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, like w- w- which state has more important priorities and, you know, is pushing in the right direction here. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely one of the it, it was the straw that broke the camel's back for sure. And I hope there are other people out there that also heard that news because we knew when we put that bill forward that it was probably not going to pass. Right. We knew it probably wasn't even going to come close. Like the fact that it got 13 people voting for it was a big deal to me. Yeah. I figured I figured it'd be in the single digits. The fact that we broke double digits on that was like, wow, all right, not bad. Uh, so I thought that was a good start. There, there were many that didn't vote for it that actually kind of supported it. It just didn't want to be on the record. Or... Yeah, there's a few. There's more than a few cowardly reps up there that are too afraid about their poli- quote unquote political capital. They weren't willing to uh, to back it. You know, they were worried they're going to get. They weren't going to get reelected. When the reality is, everybody who voted for this bill who did make it onto the general election ballot got reelected. Oh. Now some of them didn't Go run again. Some of them didn't run again. Right. So they didn't have a chance. And then there were a couple that got knocked out in their primaries. But no one who got knocked out in their primary believed that it was because of this issue. Right. Uh, they believed it was other things. One of them was really close. Like it was like 49.9 to 51 or 50.1%. Like one of them barely lost their primary. And uh, secession was not an issue in that primary. And then there were uh, two or three guys in the Lakes region, including Mike Sylvia, who, who, had, who created this bill. Uh, who were attacked because they were in support of like selling the government ski mountain <laughs> out there, and the uh, the big big government people Gun went on stock, all way. on attack, and they had like yard signs all over the county, and they were attacking them in the me- in the media, and they believe that's the reason they lost. It wasn't the it wasn't secession per se. So anyway, secession appears to be at the very least, if not a winning issue, not a losing issue. If you if you had voted for secession as a state rep here in 2022, you probably got reelected. So anyway, um, here's the rest of it. I love that they used secession as the issue du jour for this this right. trailer. Because, I mean, there's a ton of issues that are being debated in the state house, but this is the one they picked. We have the right to ask for a divorce. We can't be supporting things like secession. This is insane. Oh, that guy, by the way, Brody Deshays. He was the guy on the panel where we a bunch of us went to to Brody. give... We gave yeah, we gave speeches in front of this panel, this like federal relations panel, I think they were yeah. called, uh, on this bill back in I don't know, it must have been about a year ago, probably yeah, probably about one year ago. And Deshays is this young guy. I think he was like maybe twenty two or yeah, I think he was the 21. youngest, right? Maybe the He's youngest. Definitely one of the youngest state reps in some time. And he was on that panel, and he was like the go to big government. Uh, we love the state, love the federal government guy who was picked by the panel to quote unquote research this issue. And he is a totally, you know, total power seeker. He's you a know. clown. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he, you know, instead of consulting his constituents, he consulted experts. Yeah. 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 In like, fact, Bonnie, such dug a perversion. Up, Bonnie did some digging on the so-called experts that he talked to because yeah. he mentioned who one of them was in his, in his speech. So she looked around and she found out this supposed expert also is a California like professor who hates guns and you know <laughs> gun rights and this Republican state rep went to a gun hating California professor to ask his opinion about secession well of course you know what that guy's going to say 
He loves the central government. Jeez. He's going to make every possible excuse uh, that he can for it. We're going to continue here in moments. Your calls and thoughts are welcome if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to weigh in on Independence for Cascadia or New Hampshire or wherever you happen to be. The Free State Project, of course, is continuing to generate all kinds of media attention here and outside of New Hampshire. And that, of course, is just going to bring more liberty-loving, freedom-loving activists here to New Hampshire. There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show if you want. We've got time for you. Just dial in here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tia and Joa and Reed here joining you tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have for you. By the way, we do have the Free Talk Live AMPS program. And if you want to help support the show, that is the best way to do it. Although we did actually add the Odyssey option now. We're going to start telling oh, you a nice. little bit about that. If you want to subscribe through Odyssey, maybe some people don't like Patreon. And you know, it's not good to have all your eggs in one basket, right? Because Patreon could just come in and say, yeah, we don't like you anymore. You're done. <laughs> and just shut us down. Um, you know, I don't hear a lot about that happening per se within the, the Liberty Movement, but it can happen. And it has happened to to some people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you want to decentralize a little bit, you can support us through our Odyssey channel. Just go to video.freetalklive.com, click membership or click join at the top. One or the other will get you to that. And there's, you can do five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, whatever, you know, you prefer. And the same thing's true with our uh, Patreon, which is amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. I want to say thank you to Prometheus who is a silver-level supporter of the AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live to help us uh, get the word out about freedom, and liberty, peace, the things we like to talk about here every night on broadcast radio and beyond, podcast, live streaming, etc. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Prometheus. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, for supporting our show. And again, silver is uh, only 5 bucks a month. That's all that we ask for. You get some perks. You get some benefits uh, like access to the Amps Only podcast, which has the full radio show without recorded commercials. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones here and your calls and thoughts. We got Shannon on the line in Arizona. Shannon, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, um, my name is Shannon. I'm with uh, I'm a newer auditor um, out here. I've been following the auditing. Uh, First Amendment auditing movement for years right and years. I've met some of the auditors in the past, you know, different places, and I decided to kind of do it myself. So I'm out here just cool. kind of getting things going. Tell me and, what your uh, vision is. What are you planning on doing? Well, I'm, I'm in an RV, and uh, I'm, I'm based in the Ozarks. That's where I normally, you know, am at. I live there. I have a house there. But I'm traveling in an RV, and I'm uh, – I do it anyway. You know, I come out for the CES show and all that, and I usually hang out in California. So I'm mixing that in with doing auditing where I've been going around. And uh, I got to say, man, a lot of these places seem like they've got the message. A lot of places I go to, they don't really they don't really have much of a reaction because I think mm. they've been audited a few times and yeah. they realize that somebody walking around with a camera is not a, not a big deal anymore. Well, I feel so like I Arizona's been hit hard from, like, Direct D and James Freeman and – Everyone else out oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm just passing through Arizona. I, I really, 
haven't done much auditing here. I've just more or less visiting some friends. I've done a couple little minor things, but like you said, people just seem to just kind of turn the other the other way and not even react really. Like it's not huh. getting the well, that's you know, a good and that's thing. Good. I, you know, I'm not disappointed with that. Yeah, that's a that's what but we want. I think really. that might change tomorrow. I think it might change tomorrow. Why? What's what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, I was eating at this uh, restaurant and I I caught something on the news. So apparently. Okay, you know the Super Bowl's coming to Arizona, right? I okay. have no idea. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the Super Bowl's going to be down here in a, in a, a next weekend. Okay, yeah, there's so, definitely going to be some out of control cops out there for sure. Yeah. Well, but here's 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 the crazy part. So the NFL and the and the uh, the city of Phoenix got together, and they created this area in Phoenix around where all the action is going to be for the Super Bowl, and they call it the clean zone. And in this area, they have decided that you can't have any signs of any type unless you get approval from the NFL and this uh, committee they threw together from the city of Phoenix. And this what is public of, areas? Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of signs? Are we talking about businesses putting out signs advertising their specials, or are we talking about like a protester Anything. with a you sign? You can't have a sign up within this zone. It can't, it, 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 even if it's on your private property, you can't have wow. a sign that says anything political, any advertising. And does that include like a protester, anything. like an individual hand, hand, holding a sign as well? I think so. Wow. I, I know for sure that they said you can't. You can't place the sign anywhere. Now, as far as holding it in your hands, I don't know that much about this supposed uh, clean zone thing that wow. they did. But, yeah, clean but I zone. do know like, there were a yeah, lot right. of business owners that wanted to capitalize on their yeah. position of being in that area. And they were told uh, that they can't use, they can't put up a sign because because of this supposed clean zone. And they don't want these interfering with the NFL's. You know, if there was one place on earth at a certain time that is not clean, that would be the Super Bowl, uh, the city where the Super Bowl is being held, because there is a huge problem with sex trafficking surrounding yeah, the I've Super heard, Bowl. I've heard that. Wow. So, By the way, uh, Shannon, the there has been a lawsuit, apparently, according to azcentral.com, filed against yeah, the city of Phoenix. I was about to mention that. That's yeah. what I was going to say. So they these a couple of business owners sued, uh, and they and they got the judge to put an injunction against this this ordinance just for them. Mm. So as it sits right now, they're that's saying, ridiculous. Hey, everybody else is still underneath this. The people that sued aren't underneath this. Wow, that's nuts. So I'm going to go down there tomorrow and challenge it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sign, and I'm gonna go to the so-called clean zone. Mm. And I'm going to have a very unfavorable sign about the NFL. I'm going to walk around and see what happens. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, how do people see uh, this footage? What's your channel name? Um, it's going to it's on a, going to be on Prue All Things Audit. Prue. How do you and spell Prue? Live. I might do it. I might do a recording and have my wife uh, record uh, do a live stream. How do you? You said Prue. How do you spell that? P R O V E. Oh, prove, prove, P R O V E. What was it? Prove live stream audits. Prove all things. Things. Prove all, prove all yeah, sorry, things. Not too great here. Yeah. I'm prove all things. Travis, so. prove I got gotcha. you. Things audit. I want to stream it 
I want to stream it as well as record it so it's being, you know, clear, nice. You fidelity. said this is going to be an offensive sign. Can you say on broadcast radio what it is? If if you're worried about it, then don't say it. Like, is it going to be profane? Well, or? well no, I, it, it, I'm, I'm purposely not going to make it like, you know, Sean Porter style. It's not going to be that crazy. But I'm <laughs> going to do Porter. it. It's probably going to say NFL. Um, uh, I had, had, let me think what I thought of. Uh, um, oh, clean zone these nuts. That's what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah, I'm be excited fun. to see your, NFL, your video. Dot, 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 clean zone these nuts. And I'm going to have a big-ass sign. I'm going to walk around and record it and see how the you know, cool. the police and everybody reacts to it. All right, and I'm going to walk around the whole clean zone. That's know? awesome, Shannon. So, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for calling in to tell us about it tonight. And If you feel like it, call us and let us know how it goes, okay? I will. Thanks, thanks man. Guys for having I appreciate me. Thank you, yeah, man. Any, thank you. Uh, that's Shannon there from Prove All Things, I think was the it's, name of yep, the Prove channel. All Things Audits with Spaces. Oh, Audits? Yep. Audits, okay. And uh, he he released a video earlier today. A monster cop has finally been identified. It actually looks pretty good. I'm going to watch that later. All right, cool. All right, so uh, open phones here. Of course, you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. We've been playing the audio uh, from the NBC Boston trailer Got just a little bit more here as they're addressing an issue. So, so far, this trailer, which is promoting a series, a documentary series they're going to be releasing probably within the next couple weeks, I'm guessing. I hope so. Uh, and I think it's, pro- it's probably not going to all come out at once. You know, they're probably going to do one here and then one there and whatever. I kind of hope they uh, release uh, the footage of my incident only because before my trial. Mm-hmm. I want this to Ooh, be exposed yeah. as much as it can. Yeah, yeah, well, we don't know when your trial is. We don't know. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but they, uh, they've they been talking about the Free State Project. They're, t- they're interviewing a bunch of Free Staters. There's a lot of people in just this four-minute-long trailer. And there's some haters. There's people that do not like the Free State Project that they also got to uh, to speak, which I'm really interested in seeing what they have to say. They're t- saying the Free State Project is dangerous or our ideas are, are dangerous and scary. And so then they get to the terrifying idea of independence for New Hampshire, and they, they're actually uh, putting a little bit of this one. So I'm guessing there's going to be a whole episode about this because uh, it's here in the trailer. A little bit more here for you. It's really scary, and it's really <laughs> real. These people are crazy. Oh, I- that's Karen. They, I didn't even notice her the first time I watched. Karen? Yeah, so, uh, so last year after uh, what happened was, and this, this was amazing, right? Like, So what happened last year was we had the yes. the bill that could have been didn't happen got only 13 votes and like 300 something voted against it so we got to try again but the bill that would have allowed the people of New Hampshire to vote on peaceful independence from from the United States it went down in flames in like March when the vote happened and then there really wasn't much that was going on right because you can't put another bill in until later the next year you can't put the same bill in two session or like one year after the next or whatever in the same session and so, like, things kind of died down. We focused on growing the movement and whatever we could do. But out of nowhere, this woman whose name is actually Karen. Karen. Files a action, I guess you could say. It wasn't a lawsuit. She filed this request yes. with a ballot law commission in New Hampshire. And what she wanted to do was she wanted to have this ballot law commission, which essentially oversees the uh, Secretary of State's office and kind of the legal-ish issues that they come up with. So, like, if somebody challenges the Secretary of State on something they did, it goes to the Ballot Law Commission, and they kind of make a judgment on whether or not it was the right choice by the Secretary of State. And so she comes in and she says to the Ballot Law Commission, 
I want you to prohibit every one of these uh, <laughs> state representatives, these 13 state representatives who voted for uh, allowing the people to vote on independence. I want them banned from the ballot. I want them to never be able to run for Psycho. for office again. And so uh, apparently they interviewed her because she is in this clip oh, uh, from the day that she was actually in front of the ballot law commission where a bunch of us came down there. We were all wearing, a lot of us were wearing New Hampshire exit shirts yeah. and it was a really epic day, and we and actually waited for her to come out. Of the I, building. I remember that. I missed that part, but that was fun. I, I missed that whole event. Yeah, yeah. you, you should have totally been there. You would have loved it. Karen's nose was so up high up in the air that I thought she was going to break her neck. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so she's the one they have here at the the end of this clip. Anyway, here's more. I don't know. Maybe we're the sane ones, and everyone else is crazy. <laughs> and it ends with the. Bashing of the cameras, one of the cameras outside of this studio, the clip of the federal agent smashing the camera here is the very end clip of what they're calling uh, what they're calling the uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of New Hampshire. That is the name of the series. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you to NBC out of Boston for putting this together. Any other comments, gents, uh, before we continue here? No, I just I I really appreciate what they've done and um, whatever which light it comes out as, and uh, I I hope they have come around. Maybe they didn't come into interviewing us in the sense of you know free stating thought, but maybe they left with it. And I hope I see them again one day, partying up with us at Porkfest again. They seem to really enjoy hanging cameras. out up here. Maybe not. I mean, yes, with cameras to get more exposure, but yeah, maybe just as yeah, themselves. Hanging out, yeah. No, I think they seem like good people, and they seem to really enjoy sure. uh, spending time here. Let's go to the phones here. We have Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so the Albuquerque police, they want to round up the, the messed up license plate where they where – they, uh, you can't read the license plate or the damage it or run around with no license plate. They do that a lot here. Okay, that's, so, a great, that's great. Freedom. So what do they want to do? So for people that tamper with their driver's license, uh, we're only required to have one license plate, either in the front or the back. But they want to do that five thousand warrant roundups. We have they have outstanding warrants, and but but you can't do that when you have messed up license plate. And I think they're messing it up because they don't want to get the speeding um, tickets. Also, who does? Who does want them? Do you want tickets, speeding tickets from the cameras and stuff? You know she does. Well, you know what? I, I if I had a car, I would never. I would not get much of that because I wouldn't be speeding. A lot of but people. What if you were? What if accidentally you went too fast going down a hill and the camera got you? Would you pay for well, it willingly? What? what that's about. We'll do it. They're doing this. Do they to have get hills? Five thousand warrants out. You know, I mean, <laughs> and then the the speeding tickets are part of it. It's all the whole uh, lawlessness. Mentality. So wait, wait, wait. What you know, you're saying like, is, I agree. Speeding wanna, tickets are lawless. Just what you're saying is, they want to use these cameras that you've been advocating for to snatch up people with warrants out for their arrest. So this is, of course, no, no, no not the camera. The cameras are not not that. But what no. I'm saying is the lawbreakers also get the tickets also because they're also – if they're uh, shoplifters, they're also speeders or red light violators. They all, they all kind of run the the same kind of a thing. And so they're – I mean, now they're – see, it was announced that they're going to do the roundup. So now they're tempering with the uh, driver's license. Now they're going to get ticketed $25 and go to court or something. And I – 
I don't know. I have no idea the words that are coming out of your mouth. You're not making any sense. Sarah, I just want to ask one thing. Okay, besides the fact that they may have a warrant out for their arrest, okay, let's just assume they don't on this factor. I know you're talking about that in the connection, but uh, do you think a license plate is violent? Like, you know, not having a license plate on your car? Have you harmed anyone for not having a license plate on your vehicle? Well, the thing is, everybody's driving around with no license. No, no, it's everybody. No, I'm asking you a question, Sarah. Sarah, do you think it's, like, wrong? You think it's, like, they're hurting someone? Who are they hurting if they don't have a license plate on their vehicle? That's what I want to know. Well, they're hurting hurting somebody. They run over people and then keep going. Oh, oh. So now they're running over people. People who don't have license plates run over people? Everybody has no license plate, and they're all running over people. Yeah. I've never seen well, someone I mean, drive with the car running people over with a plate on their car. Never. Well, I mean, but that's accountability. So that it does hurt people. So that people that do um, the getaway cars, they have all these people that hit the stores and they they, they run off with it. Like a complice, if they don't have a, a driver's but license. But didn't you just say so uh, a few calls ago, didn't you say the people were robbing like the mall and then using the city bus for a getaway car? Yeah, well, ban- we got to ban buses. They were doing that in one one bus route going to the mall. And then well, they one is one too many. We need to ban them all now. Doing it. No, we got to ban all the buses. One is too many. We can't allow a criminal to use a bus <laughs> to get away. We need to ban buses now. I'm not even kidding. Okay, that, that was their way of shutting down the free free bus ride. But I was thinking... There Wait, was they're free bus rides? How is it free? Taxpayers free, are paying for it. So, so they money, use violence to steal money for free buses? Yes, that's right. They've no, been doing it for Sarah, a couple of Sarah, Sarah, are you contributing to this violence? To, to shut the uh, uh, the free ride bus program. And then I, I figured it out because all those people beating each other up on the bus. They're beating up on the bus driver. They're falling asleep on the bus. Nothing has been. Yeah, you can't fall asleep on, on a bus. That's butt. total violence right there. <laughs> no, you know what? That, that's when there, everybody was paying money for the last 50 years. They were doing the all that. What was that, Reed? Sorry. I said it might be if you're the driver, if you fall asleep. Yeah, that that could be bad. Uh, Sarah, I'm not really clear on what the point of your call was tonight. You're saying they have 5,000 warrants. They want to arrest 5,000 people. What does that have to do with your cameras? Okay, that has something to do with, I'm talking about the license. They're tampering with a driver's license so they can't be pulled over. They're running around with no license. It's like a flag tell me, pull me over and ticket me because I have a warrant out for my arrest. Oh, it's like that, they have a That warrant. is ridiculous. I just want to point out, if you know you have a warrant for your arrest and you're actively going around with no driver's license on your right, that is a flag saying pull me over yeah, because the yeah. police are going to pull you over for that. If you've got a warrant out for your arrest, you should be traveling in a car that has a, t- a tag on it so you look like everybody else. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. You know, I really, I wish uh, Sarah could answer some of my questions without just talking around it. Like, No, she I, doesn't answer questions. I'm, I'm assuming she rides buses, and I can guarantee you that she's nodded off on a bus. You criminal. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here. David is in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, 5,000 warrants. That's felony warrants. There's like, I don't know, like 10 or 20 or 30 times that of misdemeanor warrants. Wow. And um, I just I just called the cops uh, just yesterday on somebody who had a, a, a plate on their car with a current uh, registration, like you suggest, that the 5,000 felony warrants dudes drive with. 
I just called the cops on them yesterday because that plate didn't belong to that car. What? And the uh, what? Did he do something bad? Oh, and just Pardon? maybe swap plates. For How him? did you know? How did you know the car didn't have the right plate on it? I I could smell it. It, it, it was it was suspicious. It looked suspicious, and so I called the cops. Do you know suspicion and, uh, is not a crime, right? Right, but I called the cops uh-huh. and um, and. I sent them a photograph of the plate and a photograph of the VIN number. And he said, yes, David, you're correct. That's, that's, that car is stolen. And so they, they, they came out and they got that car and gave it back to the, the person who had paid for the car. You know, the, the 20 or $30,000 car was brand new. And um, they, they took it back to the person who had actually paid dollars to have that car so they can have their property back. And, uh, coincidentally, the where I found that car was on the property of a dude I haven't seen in quite a few years because he's apparently on the lam because I found out that uh, this guy, wh- whom I know actually, um, he has a felony warrant out for him. So for it wasn't murder. just a suspicious hunch. For you murder. actually knew that this car was somewhere, right? You knew that this guy was a lowlife and you didn't believe that he had actually no. purchased this car? Yeah, it looked suspicious, and I didn't believe that the car belonged to that property. I thought it had been uh, right, dumped yeah. there, and I was correct. And the dude had a warrant for murder. Wow. All right. Well, oh, you know, there's there's some times where the police come in handy, and if it's to actually go after a real criminal who's actually harming others, then I can't say I, I object to it. Uh, David, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they are the one monopoly that we have for protection services. So there's certain instances where... If you want something done, you got to use them. They're a monopoly over it. Yeah, They don't always do a good job at it. Sometimes they kill the wrong people. Speaking of uh, killers and psychopaths, uh, we mentioned earlier, talked about China with uh, Reed a a few minutes or I guess a couple hours ago. And I mentioned I had something about Putin. According to RT, and by the way, there's a lot in the mainstream Western media news right now. Drudge Report has, well, now they changed it. It was... Uh, Russia that was at the top of the page here. and uh, Okay, yeah, so Putin apparently planning a 500,000 troop assault into Ukraine. Uh, that's what the, the big news is. When you go over to RT.com to get their perspective on things, it says that Putin has hit out at the looming deliveries of Western-made tanks to Ukraine, warning that Moscow's response to the threat will span far beyond armored vehicles. The Russian leader made the comments during a ceremony to mark the 80th anniversary of the victory at the Battle of Stalingrad. Putin said, quote, unbelievable but true. We are once again threatened with German leopard tanks with crosses on their hull and once again seeking to battle Russia and Ukraine with the help of Hitler's followers, he said. Further, he said those seeking to defeat Russia on the battlefield apparently do not realize that a modern war with Russia would be entirely different for them. We're not sending our tanks to their borders, yet we have something to respond with, and it would not be limited to armor use only. Everyone must realize that, he said. Is he talking about nuclear weapons here, or is he talking about like something that's a lot bigger and a lot worse than, than tanks? He's not being, being very clear. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um I don't know, man. I, I've i stopped, like, trying to assume what the next move is going to be because I keep thinking, like, we're getting to a point where 
we can't go we can't escalate things any more than they already are without and they like, do just it. having yeah and then they just keep doing it so i don't even know <laughs> yeah it's getting pretty crazy uh and they you know i don't i don't know if the tanks are quite there yet but they're definitely on their way uh berlin last week changed their stance on supplying modern armor to kiev pledging to deliver 14 leopard 2 tanks as well as allowing European countries to re-export German-made vehicles from their own inventories. The number of Leopards expected to be funneled to Ukraine amounts to 112. Separately, Washington pledged to send 31 Abrams tanks, but doesn't expect them to be delivered until late 2023 at the earliest. So I guess they're planning for this Did thing to Did you see uh, Donald Trump's video that he put out? No, what is it? Uh, it was today or early. It was actually, it was pretty good, I have to admit. Um... I mean, I know it's all talk, but he was saying that Joe Biden has irresponsibly led us to the brink of World War III and that it's irresponsible and this war needs to end right now and we need to stop escalating things. Good for him. I mean, to, to Trump's credit, and we gave him credit while he was in office for this, he was probably the most anti-war president of the last 20 years, you know, yeah. that we've had here in the United States, maybe more than 20 years, maybe, you know, decades. Uh, thanks, Reed. Thanks, Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.